49ers Cutback Podcast time, and we had to jump on three minutes early because there's breaking news. Breaking, boys and girls! It came out today, Michael Pruitt, dealing with a calf. So the 49ers did what we had kind of thought about and talked about in earlier episodes and signed Jordan Matthews. They did. It was something to him working out with George Kittle. There was something to him working out with Trey Lance and catching at his pro day. Accurate, indeed. Look, they talked about it, right? The 30 pounds he put on in the offseason. He's been working with Kittle. He's been trying this transition that a lot of players and a lot of athletes are yeah. now starting to do, right? This whole transition and change from what they have been doing, what they what they were doing when they first came in the league, to a different position. A position where necessarily, maybe you don't always have the greatest athletes out there in space doing things and you know running around and being tight ends. Um, but now Jordan Matthews gets to take all of the skill sets he had as a wide receiver and apply it to the tight end room. This is breaking news. This literally happened within the last few minutes. Uh, my goodness gracious. And I feel like we're all over this. I feel <laughs> yeah. like we're all over a lot of things that have been yeah. happening so far. Day, day, Week one of training camp. A lot of the things that we've been talking about have been coming to fruition. And now we got players getting signed that we've been talking about now for what feels like months. It was, it was always going to be something the 49ers thought about doing. It was adding a wide receiver type at the tight end. You know, someone that could catch the ball. Um, we've known for a while that Charlie Warner and Michael Pruitt were not going to be big time threats in the past game. So adding somebody that was in the Jordan Reed mold, mold is what you were looking for. And this guy makes sense. And he put on the size. He understands the 49ers offense already. He's been working out with George Kittle. I'm sure Kittle gave him some insight into what they do in the tight end room. Um, Jordan Matthews was at tight end U. Okay, that is something that you don't just do. They didn't invite everyone. In fact, a lot of people didn't come. For a guy transitioning like that, George Kittle knew what could possibly happen. Um, Michael Pruitt's uh, calf injury has definitely opened the door, and Jordan Matthews is ready to swing and see what happens. Absolutely. It's 100% now available and open for Jordan Matthews to be able to come in, swoop in, and make this roster. And we've we've been talking about, right, a potential upgrade at the tight end position, potential change. Right, something happening here in this room improving. Receiving wise, it just did. It just took a massive step yeah. up over Charlie Warner. And keep in mind, like don't forget 49ers fans. We gave you our pre-training camp 53. Right? We felt we, we felt really, really good about it. We only kept three tight ends. Yeah, we did. So if that's still the the idea going forward for this team, Charlie Warner is now on the outside looking in. You think so? As a as a well. In the blocking aspect, no. But if Jordan Reed and Jordan Reed, if Jordan Matthews can show that he's a decent blocker, there is no question who the better receiving option is. Well, I think those are the big questions. Number one is how much has Charlie Warner improved in the receiving game? True. And number two, how good is Jordan Matthews at blocking? He was a good to decent blocker at the wide receiver position, but now he's going to be playing in line and doing some of the things that are asked, you know, of a tight end. Um to be able to block on Warner's level is going to be hard because Warner is a very good blocker. So it's all going to depend on what the 49ers decide to do. Now, what could be the trump card, though, is if Ross Dwelly becomes that blocking tight end. If he's going to take extra you know, reps and then, then Warner's expendable. 
Um, so those are good questions to have and to have answered. I am curious to see what Jordan Matthews looks like. Yes. Um, against linebackers, <laughs> against safeties, coming from a tight end position. And will they only line him up in the power slot? Or will he see time in line as a tight end? Those will be big questions as training camp moves forward and ultimately when we get to see him in the preseason. Yeah, no, d definitely indeed. This this Jordan Matthews signing just adds another dynamic to this team and another aspect. It also kind of drives home this point of wanting to find that unique tight end talent that doesn't necessarily have to be an inline blocker and can just be more of a receiving threat, that Jordan Reed type mold. Um, this is important to San Francisco. It's important to, to Kyle Shanahan to have that option, have that ability. There are guys in the roster we think could play that power slot type role, but having an option at tight end that can do that as well makes, again, your offense and your playbook just a little more diverse and a little more expansive. And it does make you feel good about the fact that if something happens to George Kittle, um, Ross Willie can handle you know most of the snap to snap. But if you're looking for a pass catcher, now you would have a George <coughs> Matthews that would be able to come in and and do something for you. So that in that area, it's a definite improvement. Whether he makes this roster or not is still uh, up in the air because I don't think this is a slam dunk that he's going to make this roster. Um, it could be nothing more than a you know an opportunity to look at him and see how he's developed. Um, with his size, but I think they have a good idea who the player is. He's respected around, you know, the organization and with the, his teammates. So um, solid move for them. And, and let's see how it progresses as we go get through training camp. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see what happens there. And uh, my goodness, we go from, from breaking news to also other breaking news. There's new merch in the cutback shop. There's yeah. your training camp t-shirt and is showing it off right now. You yep. can get your 49ers training camp yep. shirts today, white, black, red, Multitude of colors, lots of way to represent your 49ers and the Trays in the Bay that we now have in Trey Servant yes. and Trey Lance. Uh, and get hype for this preseason, this training camp. Uh, get those limited time, obviously, only during training camp. Yes. And we have a lot of news coming from training camp that we have to get into. Absolutely. Um, and some of the big things and big topics today that are all over um, social media is the fact that Nick Bosa you know, and uh, Jalen Hurd didn't practice. And we've talked about this last year. This is one of the first things we talked about in, in our um, when we first started our, our cast was maintenance days. And we got to use the air quotes, maintenance days. Because they're back? Um, They're back. And Kyle Shanahan said in the presser today that this is going to be the norm that Nick Bosa and Jalen Hurd, um, I think he was referring to Bosa, but I assume it means Jalen Hurd too. They both had a similar injury with the ACL tear, um, that they're going to work, they're going to have two days of practice and they're going to get a day off. True. And they're going to be doing that right now and working themselves in. I don't think this is a surprise to anyone except the people that flew off the handle that Nick Bosa wasn't at practice and he oh wasn't doing this. And I bet you can't guess who it was and the fact that he lost his mind that that he's not there. I mean, he's not on the field. That's an obvious loss, right? He's obvious. Something's wrong. Something's going on. Um, no, the, this is normal. This is what everyone expected. And anyone that understands actual injuries and how football works and how training works, um, this is what needs to happen. You need to make sure you ease these guys in. Two days of practice doing individual drills. You need a day off um, to kind of you know get it together, work on some other things, a rehab day, as they would say. Um, and these guys are taking care of their bodies, and that's what we want. That's what they're supposed to do. They're yep. supposed to be taking care of their bodies. It's a coaching staff. You're supposed to be doing and finding ways to keep these guys fresh and not have them overwork themselves, especially in week one yeah. of, of a freaking training camp in which these guys are coming off of an entire 2020 crazy season, right? You don't want these guys doing too much. You need to just kind of let them build through. You gave them an extended period of time off to leading into training camp. So you have to rebuild yourself back up. 
and slowly progress yourself to being able to go every day full speed or yep. 85, 90% of the time full speed. Uh, so this this is a non-story. Yeah. This is a story that, you know, you make up if you have, you know, hiccups about last year and you really can't let go of last year. Like 2020 is 2020, 2021 is 2021. Like you can't start connecting lines between seasons until there's something to connect, right? Yes, there were maintenance days last year, but maintenance days didn't lead to the injuries. No, and maintenance days last year were because the shortened uh, training camp. You were trying to prevent overuse and injuries yeah. and you know shortened condensed training camp and just yes. people not having access to their normal training facilities. Yes, now they've had a normal offseason. They didn't have the restrictions. They were able to work out in their workout camps. Everything is different. Um, so it, it, this is just a different world that we live in and these guys have taken care of business. These guys look in great shape. I'm, I'm good with all of it. So I, I think this is a non-story for Bosa and Jalen Hurd. I think if the fact Mike McDaniel said yesterday in the presser that Jalen has had zero setbacks, um, means these guys are fine. I think, I think people just, you know, are looking for a reason to kind of get on this. Um, and there's just no reason there. So I, I'm not. I'm not really having any problems with this, and the injury news isn't, you know, that big of a deal as far as Bosa and Ford, or I mean, a herd go. Um, as far as Ford goes, he's been out there practicing all three days, um, and so that is a good sign because when you're dealing with a back, you know, they're handling it different. But that is a good sign that he's out there at least being involved. Correct. I, I agree with you there. I like seeing D Ford out there involved, um, and them not really not giving him his maintenance day early on. Yeah, you know, they're really, really. Maybe not pushing the the limit in the envelope with him, but they're pushing him and they're allowing him to push himself, but not obviously too much. And again, Megan, really Thank appreciate you. that the yeah. super chat there for nine ninety nine. That's in, that's impre- incredible. Nine ninety nine. Are you out of your mind? Out of your mind. Got to be. Um. And look, at the end of the day, too, there's so many other things happening and so many situations going on. I saw Forty Nineers Web Zone talking about um a doctor on Twitter who broke down Nick Bosa footage and talked about how great he looked. Getting down, the bend, right? His flexibility in the hips is there. Knee mobility looks great. Like I, He looks better than he ever has. Um, and people were like looking at that and being like, well, that's just stupid. How could you tell that from a video? And it's like, no, no, that, that's a real thing. They talked specifically about valgus knee and how that, that was a predetermining factor in predicting that Robert Griffin III was going to have the knee injuries that he had in his career. Yeah. Um, you know, the doctor breaking that down and really kind of opened up some eyes for 49ers fans. I think it, it took a section of that Thanos army, right? And maybe like give them a shot of reality. Like, oh, there are other opinions out there that don't necessarily revolve around flying off the handle every time something doesn't go the way you want it to or someone's out or not doing something. Uh, but then you're going to have always those people who are just heavy dose, you know, they're, yeah. they're full on the, I need more of that good old <laughs> Thanos juice in my in my veins. So look, at the end of the day, every, every Niners fan is going to have different opinions and feel different ways about right. this. But... Bosa and Hurd right now, this is nothing to worry about until it's like, you know, four days off and no one's doing anything. If they're two on and one off, then you take it for right now. And again, I think every 49ers fan would agree. I would rather them take seven days off in training camp and play week one. Yeah. Than not take those seven days off and miss a portion of the season. Yeah, I see Alex Faulkner said Richie James had two drops today. Travis Benjamin stock up. I don't think we think his stock's up, right? Well, his stock is worth. Well, I mean, the one thing is, is 
it, it, this is this is from Cone. I mean, Cone was talking about drops. Um, I happened to, I think I actually seen a tweet about it. Okay. Um, I, I did not watch his content because I will not watch the good and the bad from each day because to me it doesn't it doesn't make sense because I don't know the context of these drops, right? Correct. Now he can say he was wide open, but was he the primary receiver? You know what was exactly was going into this? I don't know the context. Um, a lot of times context will lead into it, but. I will tell you this, no one is going to not make this team or make this team from two drops on day three of practice. No. That is 100% accurate. Did he make drops and does he need to clean it up? Yes. And you know what's going to happen when they get into film study? They're going to let him have it because he needs to operate and do better. I don't think drops is the undoing of Richie James. However, if he has the drops all throughout training camp, if this is consistent every single day, then, then it'll be a problem. So if you start hearing that he's having drops every day, then I would say that's a concern. That doesn't ultimately mean good things for Travis Benjamin, though. Even mm. though I believe Benjamin is a better player, that doesn't mean that I think this is stock up for him. Um, does it make it easier for him to make the team? Yes. But I think that there's a lot of capable receivers, and this is going to be a hard room to make no matter what. I think what makes the stock up for Richie James is a lot of the footage that I've seen of, of excuse me, not Richie James, of Travis Benjamin. Uh, a lot of the footage of Travis Benjamin that I have seen is him operating as the third wide receiver with the first team. Yeah. I think that kind of lends credence to where his stock currently is on this roster is he's someone that Kyle Shanahan believes could be the third wide receiver when a guy like Hurd isn't out there, when Sanu's not out there. He's a guy that you can throw it in those types of packages. Yeah, and what did you think about the fact that um, Sanu caught Because Sanu's been getting a lot of praise. In fact, Jimmy Garoppolo, being the badass that he is, Drop the f bomb talking about how good Sanu looks, it's glorious, and it's been reiterated by multiple play multiple players on the team talking mm -hmm. about how good he looks and how much better he is even than last year. What did you think about the fact that he got a little bit of shade thrown at him because he did not get enough separation from K1 Williams, and K1 Williams is really great over the middle on a pass. Now, first, let me preface this by saying my first thought was number one. Enough Hey, was he was he even receiver one, two, or three? We don't know that. What was the coverage? Was it man coverage? Was it zone? Was was yes. <laughs> was Shark on the other side of the field waiting for the crossing route? Was there a pass rush? Did Jimmy have to get rid of the ball? Did it was it Trey? Did Trey have to get rid of the ball? There's so much that goes into this that you need to have always context with this stuff. And I look at it and I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know what everyone's seeing. Um, well, let me just say that's, that that's also one play, right? Well, it's one, one play. play. Well, it's also not, not exactly the guy that I'm going to listen to as far as breaking down the ins and outs of football. If that you want to accurate. talk about transactions and overreacting to any situation, you're on the right track. If you're looking for actual my, technique, I, want, I wish I brought my glove. <laughs> the breakdown. Oh man, I don't see it. No, I, I, I saw something about it and you had kind of mentioned it to me. It sent me a little message and said, Hey, this is, this is going on. I I just can't wrap my head around one play being the antithesis of your analysis, right? If it was that, uh -huh. if that was like a prime his prime example, right? And he broke it down in detail. Sanu starts in the slot on the right side. He goes in motion to the left. Williams follows him across the field. Then he comes off of the line, goes and sticks and makes a plant and off the jump creates a little bit of separation, but Shark's able to close it down, and he just never is able to pull away from Williams as he takes his drag route across the field, or whatever it is. It's like, okay, well, there's some detail. There's some context. There's a lot of descriptors in there. I can visualize what you're talking about, 
and maybe that's cause for concern. However, if there's no other examples from the entirety of the session or the practice, if that's the only example you have, you're talking about one route in the hundreds that they run daily. It's also results, right? We talked about this before. Stop looking too much into results of what happens at practice. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing should have been how was Snooze, you know, release off the line of scrimmage? How did he get in and out of his break? Um, was the ball in the right spot? Did you know? Did he get was, his hands was extended? There, was there press coverage? Everything like that matters. Context matters when you're watching football, and when you're watching game film, it does. Um, so that is what is important. And a lot of times, if you just go off results, it's not going to sound good. I mean, there were so many people that were talking about how the offense struggled in you know day two. Um, the pass game didn't look as good. Jimmy went six for 10, or I, I think it was something like that. And then Kyle Shanahan talked about the fact that it's hard to pass block when you don't have pads on because you can't get into these defensive players enough. They're more slippery because they're not wearing shoulder pads. That is 100% accurate. When they have shoulder pads on, you can get inside, lock them up inside their shoulder pads and really you know, get a hold of them. There's something to grab onto. The also. chest plate. You yeah. don't have that here. When they're spinning, you're able to use those you know, shoulder pads to help you know, contain them. Uh, so when you don't have that, it all it all has context. Do we expect the D line to play well and force these quarterbacks to struggle? Yes, all the time. And he talked about that today too the in the discussion. He specifically brought up the fact that you know uh, this D line is very very hard to stop and prevent hey, from doing the things that you want to do rushing the passer. Also, it's really hard when they're good at anticipating a snap count, which is something yeah. apparently that has been that was struggling in the, in the first few days, uh, day one specifically was yeah cadence and timing and things of that nature especially with the second group which uh, okay so the second group struggled something trey lance was struggling with he's human oh my gosh who would have thought it but it's also something that you and i have talked about with again learning the ins and outs of the system learning to play against an elite nfl defense this is the best news for 49ers fans trey lance is going to get to face one of the top five defenses in the league every single practice so that in and of itself is going to get him more and more ready and jason ellsworth with a 20 bomb coming through big time my goodness gracious we really appreciate it i was trying to contain myself from not cutting (laughs) alex off and just thanking jason right there but um, we really do appreciate it um yeah i mean with cadence a lot of people don't understand just how important it is Uh, i'm sure other quarterbacks have even more trouble with this than trey lance does um, or the other or the other guys, because when you're in college and you haven't been calling, you know, a snap count, I know he has, but other guys, the cadence is an issue, but also it's rhythm. You have to have rhythm. You have certain terms you want to say, um, all kinds of stuff that they have to learn. And that's why the ins and outs of what they're doing uh, is so important. Now, one thing Kyle Shannon did talk about is the install that they had um, in OTAs. They are doing the same install over the first seven practices this time as well. Yeah. How come there's no talk about the Trey offense or the Jimmy offense? or Because right now they're just learning the 49ers offense, which mm. is important. Uh, they're going to get everyone on the same page. Um, and, I mean, yeah, this is this is the kind of normal growing pains you expect from a rookie quarterback. And I think it's unfortunate that people have tr- tried to thrust Trey Lance out there. Um, and Trey Lance had great, you know, great comments on, on what he felt about his relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. And the fact that Jimmy, you know, is leading by example and he's watching and he knows he can learn so much from Jimmy Garoppolo. What he's doing is he's learning from a guy that mastered this, how to operate this offense. And he's knows he's going to learn everything to do and everything not to do. And when they get into these you know, meetings, he's going to see it. Um, I did notice a little bit. I, I don't want to go too far into it, but I did notice that Trey's technique um, has faltered a little bit. 
Um, he's, he's definitely done a little things. The bulls have started flying and some of these things that it's got, it hasn't gotten as bad as it was, No, but it has slipped a little bit. And that is something I'm sure that they need to focus on and work on a little bit more. You can tell how much work he's done. So I don't want to slight him in any way, but I thought this was kind of a normal thing where he's, it's kind of like stretching a rubber band. They took it all the way to here. And it's come back to here. Yeah. Um, but he's going to get there eventually. But I thought but that was one thing I noticed. I think they've stretched it enough, though, right? That it's not, he didn't return back to what he used to be, like you talked no, about. No, not even close. Um, but there is a little bit of a windup. It, it's, it's a little bit there. It's still very compact, and it's definitely way cleaner than I've ever seen it, like in any sort of live situation. Yeah. But occasionally that little, little wind up throwing motion is there still. Um, he definitely doesn't have the quick release Jimmy Garoppolo has, but he never did. So that's not something that you can compare at and go, well, this is what makes Jimmy better. That was That's what makes Trey like worse. That's what makes Jimmy special is the quick release. Um, that isn't going to be what makes Trey special. Yeah, and in, he can make up for that in anticipation, knowing Correct. where to go with the, you know, with the ball um, on given situations. He can use his intellect to do that. So you don't have to have the quickest release. It's just a caveat that's nice to have. Accurate. Which Jimmy does. Um, but there are... There's even another story, and Lou Lou wanted us to talk about this. He said it in the the premiere yesterday that he wanted us to talk about Kinlaw and the knee because you know Kinlaw had surgery early on in the year, yep. and then he recovered, and then he was traveling mm-hmm. recently and had a swelling incident, and it appears that they drained the knee, and then he was basically instructed to stay off of it. So they what they were doing was kind of working him back in. So they didn't let him practice the first day. They kind of were doing you know light stuff. Um, and and now he's getting back into it. But Kinlaw came out and, and said clearly, I am not injured. Um, Alex, I know you are all over this. And it's I know it's not uncommon for somebody that has knee issues when they're traveling to have some sort of swelling. 100%. Anytime yeah. you have surgery or anything with a knee um, and you're traveling long distances and you're immobile, it's going to flare up. You're going to have issues. Um, and so you, wanna, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to overstate it, right? Um, Kinlaw coming out and saying there's no issue, no injury. And the 49ers not coming out and reporting it as like this massive injury and a huge setback uh, makes me feel like this is not, it's not a non-story. It's obviously a story. It's something you need to watch because again, with time, Kinlaw size, things of that nature all play into how his knee is going to hold up over time. However, I'm not super concerned with it, especially with this, when it's swelling, uh, man, that, that could be, you can get swelling from just falling too hard on the ground with, with how quick and how hard these guys play. Right, you can get swelling from, you know, just hyperextension. There are plenty of reasons for your knees to knees to swell up. Obviously, it's a concern on a surgically repaired knee. Right now, it's a nothing burger, but it's not like a complete nothing burger. Well, it was also a scope I mean, that he had done. You know what I mean? It wasn't like something super invasive. It's not invasive, no. So I, I'm not going to worry about this. If he starts having more maintenance days, um, I will start to have a little bit of concern. But as of right now, I would say I don't. Um, they knew what they were getting. They did a lot of tests on his knee when he was coming out of college. Um, there was a lot of medical on this. So they knew what they were getting at that position. And they knew last year he was playing with scar tissue. Uh, so now he's gotten it cleaned out and he's you know ready to go. So that's, I, I'm not as concerned about it. No, and that's a great question, Monica. I'm not over, overly worried about Kinlaw, but will it be a factor when traveling with games? Potentially like the overseas games when you get like 13, 14 hours flights? Yeah. Yes. When you're flying across the country for six, seven hours, not typically, not as much. These guys are also flying first class most yeah. of the time, so they're able to move around in the cabin and do things like that. But when you're doing long road travels on a small plane or in a car where it's just not a lot of mobility and a lot of room to move, 
that's when you see issues like that. They can also take preventative measures. Correct. You know, I mean, they, they can be prepared. They can elevate. They can do all kinds of stuff. Um, they, they will be ready for this. Um, they will make sure they manage him to make sure he is ready to go, and he will play, and he will do good. Um, I think all of this has been maintenance to make sure he's good to go for training camp and for the regular season. That's what's the most important. Agreed. Calm before the swarm with a great question as well. When are we interviewing Jalen Hurd on the podcast? I would love that. That would uh, be a dream come true. Yeah, J- Jalen Hurd is. I'm literally a fanboy at this point. Um, he's my guy. I was watching. Yeah, I was watching training camp yesterday. Um, got to watch some of the some of the clips. Actually, it wasn't clips. It was like a, I think like 40 minutes of training camp. Was I it got, the live first look? It was one of them. It was like day two, and I got to watch it. And I was trying to pay attention to things, and um, I saw Jalen out there working. And you know what? We don't get a lot of a glimpse, but we did see Marcel Harris working with the linebackers, which was interesting. Um, we'll get to that later, but. Um, Jalen Hurd, you know, it, it's just nice to see him out there. Nice to see him doing things. I mean, as much as you can break down from him just doing release drills and, and catching the ball out there, you can't really, you know, learn anything from that. Um, but overall, I was, I, I'm, I'm just happy to have him out there. And okay. I think that's how it feels about everyone. Um, to to kind of finish up on the players that we don't have out there right now, of course, Pruitt, we have the calf. And that was why Jordan Matthews, I believe, is signed. But also you had the COVID um, still hitting a couple of guys, actually a few. Mosley, Jennings, and Tart on COVID. And that could have been what saved Tart from going on the pup list um, because he went on COVID, so they didn't have to do that. Um, I don't know. Is there any concern from you about those three guys being on uh, the COVID list? No, because you got 90% of the team vaccinated. They hit that number. They hit that threshold officially. They have officially. five not vaccinated. Five guys not vaccinated. They won't obviously say which five I are could, or are not. Well, I could basically tell you. You can? Well, I can tell you four of them for sure. All right, well, we won't, we won't, we, we won't do that, though, no. because I'll be honest, I don't really want to talk about that. That's not no. something I'm interested in, but it, it's 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 pretty clear. It's pretty clear who those five are, <laughs> and that's it is what it is. Look, yeah. at the end of the day, the only one that I'm concerned with as being a four is Jennings, just because he's not able to get out there and get reps, and you want to see Juwan Jennings oh, out I do. there getting reps. Hey, as long as he is in, in pads when we go... That's all I care about. That's true, and we'll get to, we'll get to that. Chat. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. No worries. Uh, but I think that's the only one that's concerning because you want to see him out there. You want to see him get reps. He needs time. Yeah, he needs the time on the field to show out and, and show something. So for him to be on the COVID list, not being able to do things on on the field and practice with his teammates, sucks for him. Sucks for the coaching staff because you don't get to evaluate. Um, and then for Tart, it's just another thing in a long line of whiskey yeah. Tart things that it's just it's just adding up. But Again, this is why they made the moves that they did in going out and getting the Tavon Wilsons and yeah. the Tony Jeffersons of the world. Um, we're going to get to see a lot, potentially a lot more now, Tony Jefferson out there starting. And Tony Jefferson is now in this first week of training camp is going to have the ability to show out and establish himself as a guy that they need to seriously consider as a starting safety. Except for the fact that Wilson is taking team first-team snaps. He is taking first-team so, snaps. So, I mean, I think a lot of people thought we were crazy when we were talking about this guy could be on that roster. Um, and with Marcel Harris moving to linebacker now, officially, officially taking reps at linebacker, Grant Cohn did not like the <clears> fact <throat> that he's third string. Where did you think he was going to start? I mean, like honestly, where did you think he was going to start? You had first string, right? You have Warner, you have Greenlaw because they've been running a lot of two linebacker looks. Then you have you have Dre. I mean, uh, Aziz and Flanagan Foles. Was Marcel going to supplant one of those guys yep. without ever practicing the position? Yup. <laughs> Yup, that's Not, what should have happened. Hey, Kyle Shanahan's a fool. Shanahan was clear today. They think Marcel Harris can make the roster as linebacker. Correct. And he specifically talked about, right, the special teams aspect. Yep. We've already seen him do it from the safety position. So we think he can do it there at the linebacker spot, being a full-time linebacker. This is going to be his this is going to be the way that he makes this roster. 
which now makes me ask the next question. Is there a safety right now on this roster, one of those first four guys, Devon Wilson, Tony Jefferson, Tart, or Jimmy Ward, that isn't going to be on this roster? Because what about Talanoa Hufanga? Well, I, I think I think what you're doing is you're you're kind of jumping the shark. Right? I am 100% jumping the shark, but this is where my mind goes. Because yeah. if Marcel, Marcel Harris is going to linebacker and has the opportunity to make the roster as a linebacker, it could are, just, they, are they are they going to part with Demetrius Flanagan Foles? Yes, maybe. You think so? Well, the thing is, Marcel Harris is as good a special teams player as Flanagan Foles. Flanagan Foles. I agree with you. Um, but he's better in coverage. True. Marcel Harris as a linebacker is a good cover guy. Marcel Harris as a safety, not so much. Cover, yeah. So that's where he can beat out Flanagan Foles. <laughs> There's they're not that much different in size. Flanagan Foles has not gotten a lot bigger. Um, I was watching some of their linebacker drills. It was real basic stuff. Um, but you could see the fluidity with the first couple of guys. And then you've seen Marcel Harris had a lot more fluidity than like a Demetrius Flanagan Foles and some of the other linebackers. I'll tell you who else didn't look very fluid was Hilliard. Um, oh. And we like Hilliard, but just watching him in limited drills, um, the hips and stuff look a little stiff to me. Uh, he, he's, he's got a little bit of work to do. I'm not sure he's um, ready to go this year. He might be a lot more of a project than uh, we initially thought. Yeah, I agree with you there. He didn't, uh, he didn't look fluid. He didn't look smooth. Um, at times it feels like he's thinking too much. I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe he's not 100%. Um, and, you know, coming off the knee stuff especially, it's it can be hard and rough on the hips, especially if your rehab wasn't 100%. Um, that's why the stuff about Nick Bosa coming out and, and him getting in and out of his breaks, in and out of positioning right, getting low in his four-point stance, getting out of it, things like that. It looks smooth. It looks fluid. And so when you see stuff like that, you feel confident. You feel comfortable because when you have a knee issue – First thing in my mind that always pops up is back hips because that's where my issues were when yeah. I tore my knee up. Um, so seeing Hilliard not being as fluid, not moving smoothly, it makes you think that there's some issues potentially still with the knee or just his recovery process and what he did. And if that's the case, this is definitely going to be a guy who's going to end up on the practice squad. Yeah, the other thing that was very noticeable um, <clears throat> when you're looking at some of the size of these guys is Jonas Griffith is way bigger than every other yeah. linebacker. And it's not close. Like He looks like an outlier out there. Um Samson Ebucom also just I mean that dude is a brick house yeah. like that dude is crazy strong. Dude, he I, when I first when when the first clip came out the first video clip of Ebucom came out doing some bag drills and I saw it I was like who is fi oh my god yeah that's Ebucom because he doesn't look like the guy he looked like last year he looks bigger he does and he stand when he stands next to D Ford they look similar stature Ford's a little bit taller a little bit but similar stature <clears throat> um, it's true. I mean, that is good. And he had a, I, I heard he had a good day of practice. I didn't get to see any of the techniques, so I'm not going to comment. Um, but his results were good. So if we're going to go on results, but I don't know. He did He did kind of talk about going against Trent Williams and how tough that is. He kind of gave a deep sigh like, you know. Um, but that's a good thing for us because these guys get to go against Trent every single day of practice. God, that's glorious. Um, and you know who else I'm looking forward to seeing in person is Mike McGlinchey. I can't wait. Agreed. One thing, I don't know if you caught this or not, in day one presser after the first practice, was Kyle Shanahan talking about uh, Mike McGlinchey and the fact that he struggled in 2020 because they were playing from behind and they didn't have the opportunity to run the ball successfully. And those things really hampered Mike McGlinchey. Hey, Kyle, at any point in time, you can just reach out and ask us to join the coaching staff. It's all good. Oh, we're, we're good with that. We're good with that. 
You mean you mean Kyle Shanahan hit the point that we've literally been talking well, about? I, I think for, it's for li- almost the entirety of all last season. Well, it's a football point, right? It, it's yes. when you're when you're looking at it from a football lens, when you're looking at it from a coaching lens, you understand that certain players have certain skill sets and they're able to be better at those things when they're put in good situations. Mike McGlinchey's not in a good situation when they're playing from behind and he's out there on an island against one of these edge pass rushers um, where they get to use speed or, for some of them, a lot of size. Now, he has put size on, so that'll make a big difference, but um, that was never a good situation for him where this is going to be a good situation because I think they're going to be able to play from in front or at least really close, and they're not going to have to worry about playing from behind and him you know, kick sliding and go, being on an island with these edge defenders that can really do some damage. Some teams use the pass to set up the run. Other teams you utilize your run game in order to set up the pass. It is too sweet. Yeah. Um, in the case of the 49ers, we are 100% a run-first team who uses the run and utilizes our run game to set up opportunities for big passing opportunities and also to get certain packages and certain looks from the defense out there so you can capitalize with one-on-one matchups or scheme matchups, right? You know a team's going to run zone. This is the weak area of the zone. We can flood this area, get guys moving this direction, and get Kittle one-on-one with a corner or something like that. Yeah. Like, there's ways to accomplish it and ways to do it. Um, but it starts with the run game in San Francisco. We all know that. Um, so if you have a guy at tackle who you drafted, who's an elite run blocker, who has some weaknesses in, in his pass pro sets, and then ask him to kick slide and block 30, 40 times a game without the threat of the run being there, it kind of logically follows, right? That he may struggle a little bit. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. Apparently for the talking heads, that's not how it works. Yeah, and Calm Before the Swarm is asking, if some team starting quarterback gets hurt, what is it going to take to get Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers? Two first. No, this a year. first round pick. This year, you think just a first? A first round pick. If a team is desperate enough, I think San Francisco tries to get a first and maybe a third. A first round pick. You think they'll just move? You, 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 if you get a first for Jimmy Garoppolo, you walk to the corner and you jump and click your heels in the air and you're happy that you got a first round pick. Um, because you're getting some capital on if, the fact that you lost t- Trey if Lance. If we're six, or we got Trey Lance, we lost all those picks. Sorry, that's true. We're six and one. Just a first. I don't know. It depends. You know what is the price? Maybe they offer more, but I think they would be happy with their first round pick. If they're six and one and they don't believe Trey Lance is ready to take over, they just won't make the move. Correct. Because they're trying to win a Super Bowl ultimately. Accurate. Um, <clears throat> I do think it's going to take a lot to pry Jimmy Garoppolo out of their hands. Maybe the fact that someone would have control of him for a year and a half. Maybe it would be more than a first round pick. Um, That's true. If it was, if it was just the end of the season, yeah, that first makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it would take more. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think they're going to openly be fielding calls unless Trey Lance is ultimately, you know, ready to go. Another thing Kyle Shanahan said in the presser today: you would like to keep two quarterbacks and one on the practice squad. So he's finally put that out there that that is what you would like to do. He goes, well, we have two very, you know, good, you know, guys in that room. There's four guys that are really good that I like to keep. But he's definitely toying with that idea, Jimmy Trey, because we know if those two guys aren't playing, uh, we're 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 gonna get Mullins. Mm-hmm. So they they know what's up. Uh, and I saw some stuff from from Sudfeld and from Rosen. Um, they were just warm ups. Okay, folks, it was just warm ups. So don't read too much into it. But some of their throws towards the sideline during warm up sessions, where you got receivers running about fifty to seventy five percent. And they're leaving the ball high and a little bit outside. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that's about what you expect from those two. But it goes to our point, more towards our point anyway, that after those two gentlemen, after Trey Lance and Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, there is not a lot there. 
And the fact that Kyle Shanahan is actively thinking about this, I think, brings a warm feeling to both of our hearts and souls uh, because we would love it if he just didn't keep three this year, rolled with two, and just saved that roster spot for another position. I think they're going to do. I think they're going to keep two. I think I, so the too. more and more I look at it, the more and more I think they realize that if they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo and they don't have Trey Lance um, starting, that the season is lost anyways. Um, so why would you keep an extra roster spot when you could keep a very talented player, whether that is a Jim Michael Hasty or Richie James or Jawan Jennings, um, one of those guys mm-hmm. on your roster, or maybe even an extra safety like we've talked about. Sure. Um, keeping an extra player is, is so beneficial to the team. So that would make more sense than keeping a third quarterback, even though I know a lot of people are very high on Josh Rosen. But Rosen, I kind of feel bad for Rosen and Sudfeld because they're just not going to get that many reps. No. Like not even in training camp. Shanahan said today that in the preseason games, they might not even get that many reps uh, behind Jimmy and Trey. Um, That is signaling to me for sure that this is, everything's about Jimmy and Trey. And then those two guys are just, are there as support in case something happens. I mean, and that's fair. And, and in all honesty, it's probably how it should be. It should be because those two guys haven't proven anything in this league. No, not at all. And nothing to the 49ers brass either. You know what I mean? No, They've done no. nothing. This isn't like when they had Mullins and Bethard where they had at least showed you something in games. Yeah. Um, and so they were familiar <laughs> with the, the team. They had the team support and all that. These guys are kind of outliers. Are these guys more talented than Bethard and uh, and Mullins? Probably. But ultimately, are they better football players? That's another question. How could you say that? Because we all saw the stat this last year of how many passing yards Nick Mullins had thrown for in his career. Well, Nick Mullins did go 16 of 17 at <sighs> Eagles practice, so obviously he's the truth. That's that's what I mean. He's going to start over Jalen Hurts. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to be the back the playoff quarterback for a second straight year yeah. for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> you never know. Uh, man, a lot of other things, too, to talk about. Um, again, one of them being... Maybe not injuries, but people talking about injuries and talking about braces. Here comes those darn braces again. And talking specifically about Raheem Mostert and the narrative being set up right about that he's always injured. Um, and it's because of the knee brace in practice, yeah. which is an asinine comment and makes absolutely zero sense. Well, what's interesting is actually we don't know who came, who said this that got Mostert going. No, but so, um, it, he got going. Because, I mean, this is this is normal for kind of some of the, the Twitter people about Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they will go off on Jimmy about wearing a brace. Um, it's always a big topic of conversation. When Mostert was talking about it, he talked the fact that he wears it in practice, but then when he gets to the game, he doesn't wear it, and he feels free and loose and ready to go, and he, he wants to continue doing that as he plays five, six more years in this league. Um, that is what he's looking to do. But all of a sudden, later in Twitter, somebody must have gotten into him or, or said something to him that ticked him off because he let everyone have it on Twitter. He's not playing. He's not playing that game about injuries. I think the 49ers are done with the injuries. They asked Jason Verrett about injuries again, and Jason Verrett once again reiterated, I am not talking about injuries. So I think these guys are done with it. They want to leave 2020 behind them. They want to move on. This is a new season. And I think that was Mostert saying, look, I'm not injured. I don't get injured a lot. Get out of here with that nonsense. Don't come at me with that, bro. Well, especially since he brought up the fact that he's been doing this since he came into the league. This is yeah. a new thing that started happening after a few injuries started piling up for him. Uh, look, here's the other thing, too, that people tend to forget about when it comes to things of this nature. Uh, athletes tend to have routines, things that make them comfortable, yeah. help them operate better. One of them may be just that. I can tell you that it's not usually recommended for certain athletes to wear a brace all the time. Um, you know, my, my doctor informed me after I was diagnosed with arthritis, hey, it probably wasn't smart for you to wear those ankle braces to every practice and every game in high school 
probably should have balanced it out a little bit, only worn it when you really felt you needed it, maybe only in practices, maybe not so much in games, or in games where it was happening the most, only in games and not in practices. Like just different areas and mix it up because your body tends to start to rely on those things. So a guy wearing a knee brace as extra support in practice sessions and then taking it off so that he's free in the game actually kind of lines up with just how things are. This again goes back to this this culture now of people wanting to look at the past and dwell on the past, right? They want to focus on 2020 and all the injuries and they can't let it go. 49ers fans, let it go. It was last season. We can't change it. There's nothing that is ever going to change the 2020 yeah. craziness. All we can do is build and look forward to 2021 and what this team can do when healthy. Right now, the team is healthy. There are some nicks and bruises from a, from a few guys. But for the most part, this is nowhere anywhere close to 2020 levels of injuries. Everyone take a deep breath. Yes, but you know what gets people to click? Injuries. You know what it gets people to click? Quarterback controversy. You know what gets people to click is saying somebody that's being hyped up sucks. Um, Whenever you do those sort of things, you get a response from the people that are reading, watching, whatever. And that's what you're trying to do is invoke emotion. So I get it. I understand it. That is what these people do, and that's what they're supposed to do. That, however, is not what I will do because I look at it from a coaching lens. Or I understand. Yeah. yeah, you as well. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, I got you. That is, that is, we understand how it is to be on the other foot, to see injuries and see how people respond to them and all that stuff and see how a team responds to it. It is a different world inside a football locker room than it is outside. Um, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, um, the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo talked about how bad his ankle was after uh, Trent Williams said it was basically almost like hanging on a thread. Um and he, I do you remember? Do we? Do you remember? I don't know if the cutback crew does. I literally said that at one point. I said the way that he was moving on it and planning it, it it looked a lot similar to the things I dealt with with mine because I played through torn ligaments, three on each ankle, which was half, yeah, half, and two of them being completely torn off the bone. Um, you know, it, he was moving around like it was hanging by a thread, and I was like, man, if that's really the case. Props to that guy, because I only did that at the high school level, right? I'm playing against guys who never saw a professional field. A few guys that I played against are seen in professional field, including Tremaine Johnson. Shout out, Tremaine. <laughs> um, but that's professional level athletes. You're playing against the 1% of the 1% yeah. in terms of athletes. I mean, that's that's incredible that he did that. Do you think that Pete Carroll walked up to um, Bobby Wagner during the game and was like, sweep the leg? <laughs> I mean... As Russell Wilson's in the background going, get him a body bag. Get him a body bag. Yeah, Look, I, I mean, that would I wouldn't put it past Peach. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him past As he's tuning. Hey, hey, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, come here. See that ankle over there? Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <laughs> Freaking Pete Carroll. My gosh. Goodness gracious almighty. Look, I'm just happy for Raheem Mostert for sticking up for himself. Yeah. I'm happy for all these 49ers players kind of putting their foot down on this and just being like, look. Y'all want to dwell on the past, you can dwell, but you're not going to drag us with you. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of exciting things that we can be excited about from 49ers camp as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that Jimmy's out there taking command of the team, um, Trey's looking good. You know, I mean, there, there's the the Jimmy and Trey thing is real. Like they're out there battling. Um, Debo Samuel looks more healthy than he's ever been as far as just the way he moves. He looked he's more limber. He's been doing yoga. Um, so, but you got him Hot and Ayuk. Yoga. Did you happen to see Ayuk's stature today? Yeah, dude, he looks. Oh, he yeah, looks big. So he said he put on four pounds. He looked. He looked thick. Though. It, it doesn't look. Like no, four well, he pounds. put on four pounds, but he his bo- percentage of body fat went way down. So you know, it's probably like six, seven pounds of muscle, probably, which is 
fantastic. I mean, he looks great. He if if we're talking if looks give you any signal to what he's doing, this dude's about to blow it up. But I know he's been having a, a good a good uh training camp. Also, him and Jimmy Garoppolo both in separate press conferences talked about the chemistry that they have and the fact that Jimmy can read his body language. And then also Ayuk said he just knows what Jimmy's thinking and where to be so Jimmy can get him the ball, and that they actually developed it last year at the end of the year during practice. True. I mean, I, if those two are on the same page, that this offense is going to be freaking deadly because this is the one thing that this offense was missing last year was that aspect, the Jimmy connection, or Jimmy even just being back there behind center, but just any sort of chemistry being built up with Ayuk so that you know where he is and you're comfortable going to him so that way you have another option on the field. If you're only comfortable going to Debo and you're only comfortable going to, to Kittle, well, that limits you. You add that third guy in who's just as dynamic as Debo and just as dynamic as Kittle in different ways, well, now, now the field's even more stretched and even more open and there's even more things to do. And now you can, again, put guys out there like Mohamed Sanu, who Jimmy's not going to have a hard time. Mohamed Sanu is not going to be a guy that Jimmy's going to struggle to no. get in sync with because he's a veteran guy who's played with, well, I don't know, Tom Brady? a guy that Jimmy spent a lot of time under. So there's going to be an obvious connection there and built-in semi-chemistry already with those two. But then you've heard Jimmy talk also about the Jalen Hurds of the world, right? And how, how excited he is to get him on the field. Jimmy is operating at a different level right now. He is. This is not the same Jimmy Garoppolo that we're all used to seeing. This is a very confident Jimmy Garoppolo. And the funny part is, is in some, case, some cases, in some scenarios, you would some people would argue that all of this extra turmoil the Trey Lance drafting, all of this stuff should make Jimmy less confident. It's actually made him more confident. Yeah, he got the red kryptonite. Yeah. I mean, that's literally what happened. Now he's emboldened and he's ready to go. <laughs> um, literally, when I heard the things Jimmy is saying and the way Jimmy's acting, the first thing I thought was super bad. You know, Fogel's a badass. <laughs> like, that was literally the first thing I thought of uh, is that's what I'm thinking about Jimmy <laughs> is Jimmy's, you know, he's ready to go and he looks confident. Um, the off-platform plays, the off-schedule plays that he made, as some of them at training camp, rolling left, throwing you know against his body over the top. The Brandon Brandon made a fantastic. Catch. It was a great catch. But that kind of stuff is great. But was really the most important thing that I saw because I know the off-schedule things were important for a lot of people. But for me, was him stepping into throws. And when he's stepping into throws, that means he's going to get the ball there on time and where he needs to get. And he won't sell anything. And that was what I was really loving was that that fact. And if they can give him a clean pocket and he's able to do that, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a very good quarterback in this league when he's able to operate um, in those parameters. Agreed with you 100%. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing just what that is going to – how this is going to continue to grow right with Jimmy because we're just seeing it right now. The more everyone shakes that rust off and builds that chemistry and this offense starts flowing, especially when you're going daily against a defense like this, the confidence is going to mount and it's going to build and it's going to hit a peak. And once it hits that peak, we're going to find out really quickly, can you maintain, can you climb even higher, and what does it even look like? Because this 49ers offense has not hit a peak. 2019 wasn't a peak. They had peak moments, right? You had the Saints game where you had your peak moments there, right? You had the, the huge blow-up run game for the 49ers against the Packers. Yeah. Both times that we played them, but in that NFC Championship game. But it never all came together in one pot of greatness where you saw the run game and the pass game clicking at an extremely high level, right? Where you have that 300-yard pass game and that 300-yard rush game, throw 600 yards, drop like 60 points, and everyone's feeling good. Hasn't happened yet. This team could build to that. Yeah. The pieces are all in place. 
And the best part, Jimmy Garoppolo's Jimmy Garoppolo's got like it's not swag. It's something different, dude. It's almost gangster like. <laughs> he's he's it's literally a, it's a G thing. It is. He he owns he owns this team. He owns this training camp right now. He's got nothing to lose. Correct. I mean, he he knows it's inevitable. It's like a, it's like a guy who knows he's about to um, you know, lose his life. Is he, he's got <laughs> nothing to lose. He's going to do all the things he ever wanted to do. You know, it's like last time thing. Um, I seen Jason asking a question about you know Debo going deep more. Um, Debo talked about this that he's been working on that. I think it is an added element to the offense that we're going to see more of this year because we saw Debo in 2019. He didn't have the Brandon Ayuk that could take the top off the defense. Um, so he operated a lot, you know, in a different way. Now that you have that fear, you have safeties that have to roll over onto Brandon Ayuk. That is going to cause instant opportunities for Debo Samuel to get down the field and get vertical, for George Kittle to get down the field and get vertical. Brandon Ayuk is actually going to open up a lot of things for this team. But Debo Samuel had to work on it a little bit. He wasn't the best part of his game, but I think he can succeed at it. And I do like everyone being able to take the top off the defense and go deep. Debo's 4'5". He can definitely do it. Jalen Hurd is 6'5". He can definitely do it. We know Travis Benjamin can do it. So now they have a lot of options to get the ball down the field. Yeah, Travis Benjamin, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Raheem Mostert turning a wheel routes out of the backfield. Oh, yeah. That's for <laughs> they're, sure. They're Juice, just, even. Matchup Juice with even. the linebacker. Yeah. Also true. This offense is going to be just lights out, dude. And I'm just, I just, oh, man. I just want to get to training camp. I just want to physically get there. Yeah. I can't, I almost can't wait. I can't, I can't wait either. I want to get out there too. I want to oh. watch practice. I want to see these guys in drills. Um, a lot of times when you're live, it translates and. Uh, I can't wait to get out there and really break it down. I guarantee you, I'm gonna have a notepad and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing what I do, um, breaking this down, and things will stick out. And uh, that's what I'm most curious about because right now I get no context, right? Unless I can visually see it, I don't get context. Results don't give me context, and I want context on what I'm looking at, what they're trying to do. Um, you know, like the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo had, didn't throw a lot of passes over five yards today. What were they working on? Were they working on the screen game? Were they looking on him getting into outlets? You know, what was the process that they were working on? I will be able to determine that, and I know you will too, if we're out there because we can see what the coaches are doing and what they're working on. We're going to have to probably – I mean, we are. We're going to come up with a list. But we're going to have to break up the positions. We're going to have to break up players, and we're really going to have to deep dive into this because at the end of the day, what we really, really <laughs> want to – What name? Who are you? Seal? Seal? Tommy. Glorious. Yeah. Glorious. We love that movie. What kind of name is McLovin? It's one name. <laughs> Why was it between that and McLovin? <laughs> Hey, yo. It's the most commonly used name on earth. Read, Read a, book. a book. Come on. Take off the vest. You look like Aladdin. It's <laughs> a great freaking movie, dude. I need to go watch that again it, now. Yeah, I need for to real. Watch it again. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, there's just so many great things. And the best part about this, too, is, right, it's we're going to get to go. Me, you, Horst. We're going to all three of us going to get to be there. We're going to get to break this down. We're going to get to look at a variety of different players, a variety of different positions, and hopefully get a lot of film. Yeah, to be able to talk about all this and bring it back to everyone and, and show showcase what we're talking about and the things that we're talking about, so that way you don't just get a stat breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> from from the Grant Cones of the world, you're gonna get actual footage. Well, if if yeah, I won't give you like results of plays minus it being a great play with great technique. Um, then we'll break it down. But overall, I want I want to just look at how they're setting up. And mm-hmm. the good thing about when we're gonna be going is it's going to be in pads. Uh, that right. is something that I wanted to see was them in pads. It also adds context to what you're doing and what you're seeing. And seeing these guys fly around, is, it's going to be fun. 11 on 11s are going to be great to watch. 
but I'm even looking forward to seeing Chris Kasarik and his element um, getting these guys amped up and ready to go. Because that's one of the things that they were talking about today, and they asked Kyle Shanahan about today in his press co- presser was, you know, do you like seeing Kasarik and Tap just getting that D-line group hype? And Kyle basically just kind of smirked and laughed a little bit. was just like, I mean, in all honesty, he doesn't have to do any of those things because this group is already pretty elite and pretty great. But it's just great to see those guys like that. It just goes to show how much Tap and how much Chris Kasarik enjoy coaching this line group. You can find a way daily, for as many years, especially as Kasarik's been doing this now, to still bring that kind of energy. Like, when I'm coaching, that was always my big worries. Like, I know at some point I'm going to hit that that wall. Yeah. And when I hit that wall, can I still find a way to bring that energy so that it doesn't zap the energy from the team? Because if the team looks at you, especially as a guy who's a, a leader and someone who's supposed to get them going and can build them up when they're down, if you can't bring that energy, you can zap it from everybody else in the room. Yeah. So you love seeing both of them being able to do it because, again, if one of them's off, the other one can step right in and take over and keep that energy high in that room. We'll usually see it from defensive guys too. True. The defensive coaches usually are the guys who are fiery and um, play with a lot more emotion and coach with a lot more emotion. Um, I like what he does. I did see calm before the swarm said, could Jalen Hurd become a hybrid running back and tight end? Um, I don't, I don't think the tight end thing is something they're ultimately looking for him to become. No. Um, I think they're looking for him to be a receiver. Could we see some time for him in the backfield? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but like George Kittle said, there's absolutely nothing you can't do with Jalen Hurd. Um, if he decided he wanted to play tight end, he could definitely play tight end. Um, he can do it. He can do anything um, they want him to do. That is his capabilities, and that's why he's so exciting to watch. Correct. Um, and Jason, that's a great point there. Um, I don't want. He doesn't want her blocking it until he knows back is two hundred percent. The good thing is, is we're a long ways away from the back injury. It's now the ACL. Yeah, that's the big concern. And shout out to Luke Luna with the five dollars super chat there. Run power, Kittle, Debo, Hurd, Sanu. Run the Ferrari, Kittle, Ayuk, James, Benjamin, all options, my friends. You're not wrong. No, I, I agree. Thank you so much, Luke. And that was a solid, solid comment. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, I because I mean I think we feel the same way about some of that stuff. Yes. Um, agreed there. You know, I I do think we with herd. I think a lot of times we're a little bit too cautious with some of what we're expecting, um, because with the back thing, back injuries are one thing, right? But they cleared his back last year in 2020. So now what he's recovering from is the ACL. Two years to f- to get that back right, I'm okay with the back now. Um, the ACL, I'm, I'm, I'm worried to a point, but you're talking about a guy that's out there with no brace who also got hurt last year in training camp. So he's 12 months past an ACL injury. True. Um, he is a lot farther along than even Nick Bosa is. I mean, he is. Um, he's not... Hurt is not one I'm worried about injury-wise right now. For him, it's just right, maintaining maintenance and just making sure he can stay healthy and that he feels good. Um, his body, as long as his body is feeling good, Jalen Hurd is they're going to push him a little bit faster than they're going to push a Nick Bosa out there. Um, also, he doesn't play as a phys- physically demanding a position as Nick Bosa, which means in terms of like being able to push and pull with people. So all of his... All of his wear and tear is stopping and going on routes, getting tackled in space, jumping, landing, things like that. Um, And while that does take a toll, it doesn't take as much of a toll as the stopping, planning, jarring motion that happens in the line play in the trenches. So he's going to get a little bit more of a push after we get out of week one. Nick Bosa is going to be a little bit slower development. Like, don't be surprised if Nick Bosa goes to like a 2-1-3-1 sort of setting, right? There's your seven days, two on, one off, 
three on, one off. He starts all starts all over again going yeah. into week two and week three. Well, the 49ers are already going to have off days. Correct. I mean, I think they said four, and then they're going to have a day off. So um, there's going to be a lot of those worked <clears> in as well. I seen that Jag came on, and he's asking about Kinlaw. Um, our big takeaway from the Kinlaw thing, um, if you because you know Jag wasn't on, was the fact that this is kind of not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. Um, this is normal when you've had a knee surgery when you're traveling to have swelling. And after you have a procedure like draining or whatever, you're supposed to stay off for a while. And the 49ers were more concerned with getting him acclimated and back into shape after that. Um, It wasn't so much that he was still recovering from that, but just getting him physically acclimated. um, So that way he's healthy and he doesn't have any other setbacks. Correct. And and listen, a setback, this isn't a big setback. Uh, Some swelling in the knee and fluid being drained is like a very, very tiny, minuscule, minor setback. Um, Because... It's just discomfort in the knee. And if you're running around with that swelling, you're going to do biomechanically things incorrectly, and that could lead to issues popping up other places. Back, foot, things of that nature. There's no point to do it. You drain, you rest, you recover, you do your rice, as they call it. Rest, ice, all that circulation, all that fun stuff. Anyway, Mm -hmm. that's that's neither here nor there. You do all that fun stuff. And you get his body right. I and thought it was some sort of Jerry Rice reference. It wasn't a Jerry Rice yeah. reference. I probably should have went with the Jerry Rice reference. <laughs> also, shout out to Megan for the $4 super chat. I almost missed it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Megan. Really do appreciate that. Um, yeah, there's... I mean, the thing is, is the with the 49 training camp is I think it's going as expected, right? I don't, think, now, there's, yeah. I don't think there's anything that's really thrown us off um, we've kind of expected the people, the guys that work in, we've already got Ford, Heard, and Bosa doing individual drills. Yep. Um, you know, you've got a lot of guys out there showing out. You had the offense looking good in day one. You had the defense looking good in day two and three, which is to be expected. Um, this defense is no joke. And when you've got a top five defense, it's going to be hard on the offense. And it's going to be real hard on the offense when there's no pads because you can't establish a run game. You can't get a play action going. Um, all that stuff is things that are going to benefit the pass game and the offense. Uh, so this right now, I think everything's on target as far as what they want. I think the the biggest cause for concern that I had was the cadence issues and the snap exchange issues. Hey, um, but those are things that can get remedied real fast. It just takes a little bit of time. And then once you have it down, it'll be good. Uh, I agree with you there. That was the big concern. And look at David Campbell using Super Chat to the best of his ability. Chat, this this is the prime example of how you utilize Super Chat to its fullest effect right here. You want a question that you want to make sure we don't miss, you hit it right there with a 499 Super Chat from David, in which he asks, your take on Mike McDaniel, I find his interview so interesting, and he obviously knows his stuff. He comes across as a social, awkward savant. It is a very, very good question, and I do love his interviews too. Uh, the first interview he gave, I remember that there was a lot of criticism about how you know he spoke to the media and some of the way he used his mouth and stuff like that. Um, the one thing I'll say, though, is he's trying to make sure that he uh, gives insight without giving away too much. He's, 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 right now, he's overthinking everything, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Um, make sure you have it down and then get those thoughts out the way you want to get them out because he's trying to make players look good without giving away too much information. He's trying to convey things in the offense without giving up scheme. Um, there's so much that he's doing, but he's super smart. His answer that he gave to Grant Cohn when Grant Cohn was talking about does Trey Lance need to work with Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk? Do they need to get that you know chemistry together? Was like not right now. No, it's down the line. And as a coach, 
Like, we know that, right? Because you got to work on the footwork. You got to get the technique down. He, he needs to know which receivers to go to. He needs to know how to, you know, this is when I roll out. This is when I seven-step drop. This is, all these things need to be taken care of before you wor- worry about that chemistry with mm-hmm. a receiver. Um, we know this, but I thought it was a good answer and a way to kind of educate everyone on exactly how things work when you're putting an install together and ultimately how a player is developing in the system. And he was giving a good answer without being, you know, too over the top or too hypercritical. What I liked about the answer specifically was the fact that it's like hiding a ball in a play action fake, right? You want to show something, but you don't want to show too much. Yeah. And after you complete the fake, you want the ball to be not in sight of the defense because you don't want them to know what's going on. It's the same thing here with this answer from Mike McDaniel, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the ball. Like Trey Lance, there are things. You know what, Grant? You have a point. There are things that Trey Lance needs to be working on, correct? However, those things are not necessarily getting that chemistry built. It's footwork. It's this. It's yeah. that. It's A. It's B. It's C. It's D. It's E. It's F. Because all those things are correct and true. But it's also not giving away anything to opponents in terms of where Trey Lance's development actually is. They're just talking about things they need to focus on. You know what he's not saying? That he can't do A, B, or C, or D. Right. They're just saying these are the things that we're focused on right now with him. Um, it may be a team can look at that and go, oh, so he's not progressing and Jimmy's the quarterback. Okay, well, guess what? Kyle Shanahan already came out and said that. So you're not really giving anything away when you give that answer. Um, and again, it goes to more to showing right now that Trey Lance isn't QB1 ready, especially with the day one ca- cadence concerns, the day two quarterback center exchanges. Um, those are problems that will get cleaned up eventually. Right, and especially with a guy like Alex Mack, I don't think a lot of that falls on probably Alex Mack, so the Alex Mack of the world. But it also wasn't Alex Mack playing center, most likely, if he was working with second team. So Trey Lance getting familiar with guys and getting comfortable with his old lineman—that's going to come with time. It's going to take time. It's not a concern. It's a concern if you get to preseason game four or three, excuse me, because there's no more four games. Preseason game three, and he's fumbled the ball three times in each of the previous two preseason yeah. games, and it's still happening at practice. Then you can have your red flags and you can start to be concerned as a 49ers fan or as a coach. Right now, these are just this is, this is week one training camp blues. Like these are the things that are just some of these things are gonna happen. Guys are gonna jump off sides. Yeah. Guys are gonna miss some things they shouldn't do. So guys are gonna drop balls because they're getting that jitters out. Because that adrenaline right now is high. It's extremely high each and every day they come out to practice. It's a truth and transparent answer. I mean, that's just what it is. This is that is one thing I like from him is you get like you get with Kyle Shanahan. It's a matter of fact. No, this is the way things are. Um, there's no shades of gray. Like this is what we do to get from this point to this point. There's all these steps in between, and you don't skip steps. Um, that is what you get from him. And you know, one thing, another thing I saw was that Ombre Thomas is struggling a little bit, and a coach came out onto the field and and told him what he was doing wrong, and apparently that's not a good look. Um, I'm going to put this out there for everyone. That's called football. That's called coaching. A lot of times, that's what happens when a player's making a mistake, especially a rookie player. You go out there and you coach them up. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. That they're, is what you expect to happen. They're professionals, right? That can't ever happen. They, they just have to be able to fix it on their own. you got to let people play, make mistakes. Uh, it's just like Jason Verrett said in his. He, he was spot on about this. It's not about not making mistakes. It's about consistently making good plays. So you're trying to make your consistent plays all the time. And then every once in a while, you're going to have a bad play. Yes. You know, that would be like us saying Jason Verrett stinks because he struggled with Stephon Diggs. When no, he just had a bad game against a really good player. 
Um, he, but the rest of the game, you know what he was the rest of the season? Very consistent and very good. Uh, and that's what you're looking for. And and if you don't expect these guys to get coached up out there on practice, what do you expect? That's This is football. That's what happens. Players play and coaches coach. And they're going to have conversations, and it's not always going to be comfortable. Just, I just thought of the Mike Ditko. Yeah, the, the, players the, plays and coach, coach coach. I don't know what it means, but I just like to think about it. And say it. <laughs> Good Jesus point. Christ. Uh, Monica asking for the doggy merch. My goodness gracious, I hadn't even thought about that. I have not thought about doggy merch either. My dog would probably enjoy some merch as well. It's true. It's true. I know a yeah. couple pups that might enjoy it also. That's something we may need to look into. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh my goodness gracious! I mean, but this is this is just one of those things, right? With everything that has gone on and everything that's happened so far, um, I, I think what you had said earlier, and what you had brought up earlier, Ant, about the things going according to plan, or at least going the way we thought they were going to. Yeah, it does. Um, I was really excited when day one hit. You know, I'm, I'm working and keeping tabs open. I'm checking in and looking at the live first looks. You know, I'm seeing Ebby come for the first time and being like, oh my god. I'm watching Jimmy and everybody warm up and the footwork and just the energy Jimmy has during warmups. Um, and a couple of guys, Kittle talked about it a little bit, and just the energy that Jimmy Garoppolo has in the huddle with the team is at the next level. And then Sanu talked about it a little bit as well. And Jimmy, during his F-bomb press conference, <laughs> which yeah. is a glorious press conference, brought up the fact that, you know, they brought up to his attention that guys have been saying this. And he said, I mean, I just feel like I'm being myself and being me and nothing's really changed. And it's like, dude, you were just so amazing right now and everything that you're doing the way you're handling yourself just the the demeanor you have um man you can tell the i mean there's a big there's a big mood shift if you look at the san francisco 49ers and what's going on with a quarterback controversy look to wisconsin and green bay and what's going on there with aaron Rodgers and how things are planning out there there is a much different mood between the two organizations and how things have been handled 49ers fans, you need to appreciate the culture that Kyle Shanahan has helped to build here and that John Lynch has helped build here. You need to appreciate what this front office has done and the culture that they've built here because, yes, the Green Bay Packers have made two straight NFC championship games. Yes, they've lost in both games. There's going to be a massive reckoning coming in Green Bay in the next few years, and that organization is going to take a little bit of time to recover when it happens. Because there is a lot of turmoil, a lot of things going on here that isn't going to happen in San Francisco. When the Niners are parting ways with veteran players, they're leaving on good terms. Weston Richburg, look what happened there. Yeah. Right? Joe Staley, look what happened there. I mean, the front office, the coaching staff, and the players have a great relationship. And as much as the media, especially this Bay Area, East Coast media, wants to talk about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's too friendly with the players and they're spending too much time together and all this other nonsense. I'll take it right now. I'll take all of it because they may be spending a lot of time together and being all buddy, buddy, chummy, chummy, but they all respect one another. They're honest with each other. They don't lie to each other. And everyone who's leaving here is leaving on great terms. And the same thing's going to happen when Jimmy Garoppolo parts in 2022. Perfect example of that is Mohamed Sanu. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan met with him after the week and a half that he was with the team and said, I'm sorry, you know, um, but this is a business decision. We have guys that we want to keep. We have Debo about to come back. Um, we need to let you go. Um, you know, you just don't look at the level that, you know, we need you to be at to, to make this team. And Muhammad Sanu said, that's business. I understand. And he left, you know, and he, he went and he ended up with Detroit and he, all that stuff. And then the off season, he calls Kyle and he says, Hey, I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. If you guys want me, I want to come back. And so Kyle and John called him and brought him in, you know, and, and he came back. Think about that. 
the, the amount of respect he has for Kyle Shanahan and this organization that even after a tough cut like that, he didn't take it personal. He was able to come back because he trusts these guys. Um, that is something that is awesome that the 49ers have built, that transparency in their organization. And that's why they keep bringing players back. That's why you see Jordan Matthews back. Um, the one thing I was going to ask you, because I know it had popped up yesterday, was the the 49ers are working out Drake Kirkpatrick, uh, the corner. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, I think we thought it was going to be hard to make this roster for all the corners because we have the young rookies. Um, what Does this signal anything? Or is this just, A, we're just going to take a look, make sure, see what's going on, or... Could this be a problem for one of the you know the low level guys? Because Tim Harris Jr. has been taking a lot of reps as the second corner. He has. He has taken a lot of reps as the second corner. Um, and Mosley being out, you know, kind of kind of plays to that and gives him that opportunity to kind of show out. Um, but what I do think is that maybe they want to push some of these younger guys. Maybe they're not getting as much of a push that they thought they were going to be getting. And yeah. so bringing a guy like Drake or Patrick, who's got a lot of years in the league and has played in this league. Maybe it's just it's just time. It's time to take a look. It's time to evaluate. Um, whether or not that's going to actually pan out or play out, it's really going to come down to the contract. I know he's not going to command a lot of money, um, but I'll be interested to see what he looks like. If, he, if they do bring him in and do sign him, I'll be very interested to see what he looks like in this defense with the secondary. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm curious what he looks like. You know, I mean, he, he kind of was with the, the Cardinals and all that, and um, I'm just curious because he's a veteran guy, and I didn't think that there was a possibility of them bringing in another veteran um, at this point, uh, but they, they are, and they're taking a look at him. They're kicking the tire, seeing what's there. Um, if they bring him in, that means they think he's better than somebody else. If not, they didn't. But I do like that they're continuing to bring people in and try to improve every single room and every single roster spot on this team. Uh, I know they assigned Anthony Zettel as well mm-hmm. um, to play defensive line. They actually signed another D lineman as well. Um, so they're always bringing guys in to make sure that they have the best possible roster that they can have. Um, but it's something we've talked about, right? That continuously throughout training camp, uh, people were going to come and go. And that's just the way that it works with the 49ers front office. They're always looking to make sure they have the best team possible. Got to build. And the only way to build is to take some chances and make some sacrifices and make those tough decisions, kind of like Kyle did last year with Sanu, a guy he was familiar with. Um, again, I, I like the Kirkpatrick thing. And the idea of Kirkpatrick is, like you talked about, the veteran presence. Yeah. Right. This guy started a lot of games in the league. He's played a lot. Yeah, he's this is year nine, I believe, for him in the league because he was drafted in twenty twelve. Um, so this is a guy who spent a lot of time in football in a couple different organizations and spent the last this last season in the NFC or the last few seasons in the NFC West with the Cardinals. So this is a guy who's familiar with schemes, right? So coming to San Francisco, you're putting yourself in a different defense, different setting, different things being asked of you as well as the fact that you have one of the best pass rushes pass rush, rushes in the league, my goodness gracious, uh, that could bode well for a guy like that who's now getting into that later portion of his career, and maybe he's taken a step back speed-wise or just certain things in certain areas. Uh, it may help him out. Also, the fact that you're going to get to play against a lot of teams that you're familiar with in the NFC West, those things bode well in your favor because you know tendencies, you understand players, personnel. The fact that he played against the Cardinals players and the receiving core for the last few years, you're familiar with them, their tendencies, the things they like to do, and what your coach likes to run, things of that nature. So it helps out as well. Also just kind of plays into the thing that the Niners have done in the past, right? When guys become available from other teams in the NFC West, they tend to take a look at them. Yeah, and I want to say what's up to Kenny. How's it going? Uh, Kenny Seager in the, jumped in the chat for a minute. Um, always good to see him. Always good to see him. Um, I will say, too, is maybe one thing they're looking at is maybe they're just kicking the tires on this guy in case they need to sign him down the road. That's true. Um, you know, kick the tires, look at his medical, see how he looks. 
Um, if something happens or somebody's not panning out, then you go ahead and make a roster move. But maybe it's a down the road. We saw this a lot last year with edge rushers. Accurate. They kept bringing guys in and then ultimately um, you know, signing them down the road. So maybe they're doing that right now. Due diligence is something they're making sure they take care of. I mean, you have to. You really have to. And this this front office has shown that they will make those decisions right. They will look at those things. They will evaluate and analyze every possible option, player option, player personnel decision, and put together the best 53, 54, 55, however many players that have been yeah. on the roster this year, um, the best roster you can possibly put together and put on the field because that is the best and easiest path to a Super Bowl. And I don't know if uh, 49ers fans forgot, that's the goal. The quest yeah. for six is is what we're on. Yeah, and we got some pretty good comments. Uh, Jag said, just having Jalen Hurd out there is very encouraging. Agreed 100%. Um, I know that's what I want because I want that number 14 jersey eventually. And then also Coach Timo. Hey, guys, how's it going? Nice to be back at it. I wish football was year-round. I'm an old coach, and I can't live without this. Um, As two former coaches as well, um, that is something that draws us to football. We love it with a passion, so we understand, uh, Coach Timo, how it is. Um, That's how we are as well. I consider myself an old ball coach at this this point because I've stepped away. Um, but I, I really, I really did enjoy it. Uh, the whole time I had a passion for it and I still have a passion for football. That's why I like talking 49ers. We love talking 49ers for that specific reason. We're both 49ers fans. Number one, uh, number two, we've spent a lot of time with the game. Um, and we spent a lot of time coaching together with the game. So, you know, um, while we didn't necessarily share the same philosophy in terms of offense, especially when I first started, um, I've come around a long way from my, uh, gun happy, 50 passes a game wanting to throw days to being a guy who likes his balance and really loves to establish the run game. And that's, I think that's the thing that really turned us on with this team in 2019 was just how, how much that, that shift came. It came so quickly as the rest of the league was becoming dominant pass first teams in the, in the league and using, using five wide receivers, four wide receiver, three wide receiver sets as your base sets to really try to spread a defense out. Right. And then occasionally handing the ball off and running. Um, to San Francisco kind of going almost back to a traditional West Coast offense type run game, slightly different in execution, but similar yeah. premises and concepts. It was just great to see. Um, and it's what's made this team so special. And what's made this team so different is you find a way to carve out a new path, right? And a new way to attack that maybe necessarily wasn't as viable in other organizations. And you find the correct way to execute it. Um, and they started with their offensive line and their defensive line. Um, and really went hard defensive line the first portion of their tenure as coaches, right? And really solidifying that D-line and improving that area so that your defense was stout and your pass rush was stout and and you could slow down teams' ability to run the ball on you. And then the last few years, and this last season especially, going heavy O-line in the draft to solidify your future. I'm really looking forward to seeing just how this all plays out for the 49ers the rest of the way through training camp. Yeah, and the one thing about the run game was, I believe it was Kyle Juszczyk was talking about uh, the fact that everyone was came in in 2019 expecting to stop the outside zone because they know that's what Kyle does, um, but they had they ran a lot of gap scheme and they ran more gap scheme in 2019 than they ran any other time that he was with uh, Kyle, you know, in his time with the 49ers. So the 49ers are pliable in their run game to do whatever's needed. Um, they were kind of they were trying to get the answer about the vertical run game, you know, the way the 49ers are drafting offensive linemen and how they look, how that was going to dictate what the offense is going to look like, and of course. Juice doesn't want to give away scheme, so he kind of went back to that and just basically said the creative you know, nature of Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel is going to make it so no matter what they're seeing, you know, whatever uh, the defense is running and whatever scheme they're going against, they will scheme it up to be able to defeat it with whatever they need to do. 
I mean, I have complete faith in Kyle Shanahan's ability to scheme and drop plays and just find creative ways to put the balls and put the ball in athletes' hands to make plays. Yeah, uh, because he's shown he doesn't just need the running back room in order to accomplish that. Um, and then we have a great question here from Kenny, from Mr. Seeger. Usually coming in with the jokes today, it's the great questions. We like the diversity there, Kenny. If you if it took a two and a four for Howard, would you make the move with the Dolphins? No. I agree with you. I don't think you. I don't think you should. And it's not that I dislike the player because I actually really like the player. And do we have a need at you know? Could he start at corner and lock it up? Yes. But we we spend money on an elite pass rush. Um, we have that elite pass rush, which means Emmanuel Mosley doesn't have to guard that long. Um, so I would rather save those draft picks because we are going to have more contracts come up, and we're going to have to infiltrate the team with younger players. Um, you know, fill out the depth with these younger guys, and we're going to need those draft picks. We give up a lot to get our quarterback of the future, um, so we need to make sure we secure these draft picks as long as possible. The next two years, I wouldn't expect crazy trades from the 49ers. Unless they think they're one player away. If they're one player away, yes, but I don't see them necessarily doing something crazy like giving up a second round pick for it unless it's an elite name talent in this league. Yeah. That would be the only way. And listen, Zayvon Howard, Howard is a good, very, very good corner. Elite level, I would say pump our brakes there. He's had a he's had a couple of really good seasons, um, but you know I, I'm not willing to sell the farm necessarily. Second and a fourth is a lot when you've already given up a first. He would probably be elite with this pass rush, probably. But I mean, I I, I also want to pay Jason Verrett after the season. Accurate, so, also. Uh, I would I would be worried about losing losing Jason Verrett, you know, with Howard there. I would rather have Jason Verrett. I agree. Every day, every day. Yeah. 18 for 30. Oh, man, I like it. Gary, Gary's not wrong. Matter of fact, Gary's so right. We need to hit his uh, we hit his special command. We got, we got Gary's special command in chat. We love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Timo's with us on this. Um, the one thing that, with the way the defense is built, it's completely built around the front seven. Yes. And then we actually have very strong safeties. Like, our safety room is now a strength for the 49ers. Overall, it a, and it was a, it was, I wouldn't say it was a weakness, but it was a concern. Yeah, and then we got one lockdown corner, and we got a corner that plays pretty well. Like, I mean, think about it: when you're building and constructing a team, you can look at all the years the 49ers won a Super Bowl. It's not that much different. Um, the one thing I will say is, I mean, there were times where we had two great corners, you know, Ronnie Law, Eric Wright, mm-hmm. Don Griffin, Tim McIver. Um, you know, we had these years, uh, Eric Davis and Deion Sanders. Yep. You had a lot of times where you had these great corners, but. A lot of times you had one great corner and then a pretty decent one. You know what I mean? So I think that you're always going to have some sort of a weakness. You can't have all 22 starters be you know, top-of-the-line talent guys, even though that's how we would like it to be. Of course. Um, just building that way is tough financially, and also just it'll kill you. And I mean, I, I still don't understand how some of these um, – and I also think that's what's good about football, right? Is because you have – you will have holes. You get into basketball, and you have, like, all these super teams, so it's, like, weird – um, so I do like that aspect of football too, where you give up people opportunities to shine and people, people helping people, people helping people. Yeah, for sure. It's good stuff. It's definitely good stuff. Indeed. Uh, Jack here. Great question. What do you think about Marcel Harris playing linebacker drills? Um, will he be a hybrid linebacker safety? We talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, but this is looking more and more like Marcel Harris is just going to be a linebacker. I think so. I think he's a linebacker now. And I, I think they're going to give him a look. They know what he can. This is Kyle Shannon's exact quote. We know what he can do at safety. We want to take a look at him at linebacker because we believe he can play that position, and this might be the position fit for him. They might finally come around to the fact, we've been saying this since last year, that Marcel Harris makes more sense at linebacker 
They admitted he took snaps in practice at linebacker last year. We saw him play a little bit of that role later in the year after Quan Alexander got traded. So Marcel Harris could be the reason that Nathan Jerry is gone. They looked at it and said, okay, Marcel Harris is the next best guy. He could be our fifth linebacker if we keep five. So he has an opportunity here, and his skill set would lead me to believe that he can fit. I mean, you got to remember, and I know you do, Fred Warner used to be a safety. So um, this is not a trend that the 49ers struggle with, is moving safeties to linebacker. I, don't know, I think Demetrius Foles was a safety. He was. I feel like Aziz Al-Shayir was a safety. He was. I feel like Teleno Hufanga is a safety, who we also keep talking about could play in the box eventually. So I think this is just the thing. This is just a creative way that the 49ers are going to go about addressing their linebacker and safety position is having guys who can potentially do both. Well, you change the way that a team is constructed because everyone is going, like we've talked about, to these you know three-by-one sets. Um, you're not getting as many times where you're in base sets. So it makes more sense to put a more athletic guy out there um, that can do some coverage things. So, yes, this makes sense to put safeties in that type of role. Mm-hmm. Everything is getting faster, so that might mean linebackers are actually going to get smaller as we continue to move forward in, in the NFL in the way it is. John Bullard, can't forget Tim McDonald. You can't you can't forget Merton Hanks. Oh yeah, well they were safeties. They I was safeties. I was mentioning corners. Yeah. Um now Merton Hanks did play corner early in his career. He did. And then until he translated to his natural position of free safety. Um yeah, you get some chicken dance going um, on. I love that um dance. but no, that ninety four team is one of my favorites. So I actually know it inside and out. Um I know what their linebackers say, you know, corner safety that everyone looked like. Uh, Lee Woodall was actually one of my favorite guys back then. Uh, ridiculously, I don't know why, because we have Ken Norton, we have Gary Plummer, and my favorite linebacker is Lee Woodall. Gary Plummer was my favorite of that group, and that was only because you know my dad got to interview him, and and you know he signed a, a picture for me and signed our my helmet and addressed it to me, and he was just a nice guy. And Gary yeah. was a guy who whenever we saw at training camp would always say hi to my dad and always say hi to me. That was why he was my favorite from that group. But uh, you can ask my dad any day, anytime, anywhere on Facebook. You can find him. Uh, whenever the Niners would score a touchdown, whether it was offense or defense, I was doing that chicken dance. Were you? I love that chicken dance, dude. Yeah. Martin Hanks was was the dude. I, w- I was doing a terrible version of the Deion Sanders uh, dance. The prime time? Okay. Yeah, I, I can't do it. Um, I, I do not have much skills when it comes to the dance area, in, as far <laughs> as that kind of thing. So, I mean, if you want to, if you want me to cabbage patch or something like that, dude, it's, it's all on. Running man, it, it's good. The sprinkler? Uh, I can do the sprinkler. The, the, lawn- shop- the shopping cart? I can do the lawnmower. Ooh, the lawnmower. Yeah. I like that one. What about the uh, coffee sip? I don't know the coffee sip, okay. so yeah, don't you I, don't drink. I, you also don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee, it's so okay. that won't work. Yeah, that's not your fault. I like Harrison outside linebacker. He's good speed, can cover a tackle, has a nose for the ball too. Agreed there. Uh, Harris should be better than the average linebacker in coverage too, and that was a point that you had kind of brought up yeah. as well earlier, Ant. Um, and we agree with you there. I'd be looking for our defense to play more nickel personnel this season as our base defense. It should fit our personnel best. We've been saying that now for some time. Well, it makes more sense because of the teams that are in the division. That too. You know, the Rams are going to play a lot of a three-by-one. You know, they're going to have a lot of one running back sets. Um, you're going to get, I think Seattle, you know, is going to do that. And these teams don't, for sure, Arizona. Kingsbury will go no running backs most of the time. Um, he may have to, dude. Yeah. They're going to put James uh, James Conner out there in space to run around. And it's just, I mean, I think that that is the way that the league is trending, especially in the NFC West. That's why we talked about before the 49ers are the outlier. Um, they're coming in and building phys- through physicality, you know, through the front lines, defense and offense, and they're going to go out there and bully you, and they're going to limit snaps for the opposing team's offense. They're going to control the clock. Whenever you are different than the other three teams in your division, it's hard for them to prepare. 
because now they got to prepare for something completely different. Now they got to prepare for Kyle Juszczyk taking you on and George Kittle taking you on on the edge and these these sweeps and these outside zone plays. And they're not used to that because they're getting a different look from these other teams. To me, it gives the 49ers a distinct advantage and it hurts the other other three teams. So um, I do think the nickel is something that's going to become more prominent. I also wouldn't be surprised to see all kinds of fun stuff this year. Don't be surprised if you don't see the 49ers line up in a 3-4 look sometimes. You have Ebicom, you have uh, D Ford, mm-hmm. gives you the flexibility. We've already mentioned that Fred Warner is going to be blitzing more than he's blitzed before. Um, the success he had in 2019, D'Amico Ryan's alluded to that. Fred has alluded to the fact that he is going to be more aggressive this year, um, getting after the quarterback. 49ers defense is about to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to what this defense is going to be and what it's going to look like under D'Amico Ryan's. I'm even more excited for us being there in person at training camp, yeah. which we've been saving this. We've been holding on to it. You know what? We've, we've kept you waiting long enough, over an hour, exactly an hour and a half at this point in time. So, look, we got three days that we're going to. Yep. We have three days of camp that we're going to go to. They're not going to be in a row. We're going to space them out. You're going to have a lot of great content coming off of those days and during those days at the time while we're there. We're not just going to go sit and watch. We're going to try and do some live streaming while we're there. We're going to try and take video, film things, have some breakdown stuff to talk about as well. And then obviously analysis and wrap-ups and things of that nature post afterwards. Um, and hopefully a cutback takeover of the cone zone. Yeah. We're hoping for that. We'll see if it works out. Grant, Grant maybe, Cohen, even, if you're, maybe in a face-to-face. Let's hope so. That'll be a lot of fun. I will be yelling things at him. So we'll see what happens. See if I can get a response. I'm going to bring my. I'm going to bring the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I have to now at this point. I'll, that's how I'll hold my drink. Yeah, just sit there like this. Um. So, and the first day that we got, right, is a Saturday, mm-hmm. August seventh. Yeah, we're going to the big one at Levi's. Um, they're going to open it up, and everyone's going to be there, and we're going to be there with them, and uh, we're going to be watching the 49ers practice inside Levi Stadium. Um, that's going to be exciting. We're going to get out there, and we're going to tailgate, and we're going to have fun and uh, enjoy. Um, getting to watch 49ers practice and, and just getting a glimpse of the 49ers and how they're constituted in 2021 in person. At Levi's, too, which is great. Because yeah. while everyone else has not been to Levi's Stadium since 2019, right, since the 2019 season, we'll be the first group of fans back in there for 2021 getting a chance to see this team at training camp at Levi's Stadium in the stadium. That's going to be a blasty blast in and of itself. But then just a few days later on Tuesday, I believe that day is the 10th, the 10th of Tuesday in August. We will be there again as well. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be watching training camp, breaking down practice. Um, The reason I'm excited for that is that is pretty close to the first game. So you're going to, you know, first preseason game. So you're going to get an idea of how they're preparing and what they're doing. Um, They'll be in full pads, hopefully, but we'll get an idea of what they're doing. And uh, it's just exciting because it's going to be ramping up for that first preseason game against, uh, I think it's the Chiefs. Yeah, it is against the Chiefs. Uh, and then two days later on the 12th, that Thursday, we will be back there again. Yeah. One last time for training camp, again, leading into that first preseason game. Uh, that one is going to be a lot of fun just because you're so close now to a game, getting close to a game. And those first two, those two days, that Tuesday and Thursday, there's going to be a lot of install stuff that we're going to see, what the game plan is potentially, what they're going to be trying to do, and what they're going to be trying to establish. Man, I just... It's been so long since I've seen 49ers football in person. It's been even longer, Ant, since we've been to, or at least I've been to, a training camp. Yeah. All I can remember from training camps was lining up for autographs and signatures, right? Those are the things I vividly remember. This is the first training camp where I will be an older gentleman 
who understands the game, yeah, not in its entirety, but understands it at a very high level in comparison to what I did when I was younger, being able to fully appreciate and ingratiate myself in the culture, the practice, what they're trying to do, what they're installing, and just being able to to grasp it and even get it like a first look because we're going to come up with things that we think they're going to be trying to do and then we're going to get to watch a preseason game and see how close we were or how accurate we were. Yeah, and thanks, uh, Coach Timo, for the subscription and for uh, clicking that notification bell. If you haven't already, go ahead and do that right now. It's a good opportunity, but I wanted to throw that out there before I got into this because, yes, the I used to go to training camp as well in Stockton. I went to Redwood um, City as well. Um, but this one, I got to, you know, I went to Stockton. I was still not that old, so I didn't really, I was still looking at it as a spectator. This is the first time I'm going, uh, to be honest with you, I'm going with a complete mindset that I want to break down what's going on. I'm looking at it from that point of view. I'm not going just to enjoy the ambiance that is. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, go out there and just watch. I'm going out there to actually pay attention to what's going on Fair. and try to break it down so everyone else gets to see what we see, you know what I mean? And and hear what, you know, the things that we heard um, because I want everyone to understand what's going on at training camp. Not everyone's able to get out there. We are fortunate enough to have the opportunity to get out there a few times, which yep. is nice. Um, we'll get out there and we'll break it down so that way um, people can see, you know, what's going on. And uh, I'm looking forward to all the content that we're going to be able to put out from that. But more than anything, and I think I've, I've probably mentioned this like three or four times, not on the show, but just to people in general in passing, is that I just can't wait to get out there and watch these people, these players move and, and do the drills and things. I've, I've missed seeing that. Um, I, I think I've, I haven't really got up close and personal with any of these players um, since I went to Levi's and I got to go down on the field and watch them warm up. It was right before Harbaugh's last game. That was the, the time I really got to see it up close. Um, and I want to see it up close again. Uh, it will be a bummer that there's no autographs and that kind of thing. But um, you know what? I'm not there for the autographs. I'm I'm there to watch people play football. I love football, and that's what I want to see. Yeah. No, I I agree with you there to an extent. I always like adding to oh, that, that sure helmet I have. Uh, whenever I get a chance to add to the helmet, which has greats on it, it has Rice. It's got Montana. It's got Young. It's got Bryant. It's got Norton. It's got Plum. I mean, it's got. I can't even lot. I mean, everybody, every great 49er from about the from the about the eighties through the nineties into the two thousands, early two thousands especially, they're all on there. So anytime I can add to that, it's glorious. But at the end of the day, you and I are there for business. This yeah, is a, this is a business trip. It is a business trip. We are going specifically for this podcast, it, specifically for the for the cutback crew, and I mean, obviously for ourselves. But this is for better content. We want to provide you with better in-depth analysis of what's going on. Yeah. And also not the clickbaity stuff that you're all getting fed right now because everyone is getting fed the clickbaity stuff. Well, and and maybe maybe there because there is some good content getting put out there. Correct, there is some. Um what I want is the different perspective Accurate. of what it is because I guess I have an understanding of what it should look like, right? What practice should look like, what a breakdown should look like. Um, you know, I've been in meetings with college coaches and I've been in meetings with head football coaches in the NFL. Um, and we've learned in these conferences, me and you have went to these clinics and stuff and we've learned from these guys and um, a different perspective is sometimes needed. There is a space for everything. And the people that are doing um, the click, the clickbait things, good for them. You know, get at it, do your thing. Um, congratulations, you know, do what you do, and some of them do it very well. Um, but there is a place for a different perspective, and that's what we're trying to bring. I think we're kind of in that area. I know Chapman is in that area as well, where yeah. he, he brings it from a different point of view, and we appreciate what he does. Um, and we're 
we're trying to do that as well. Is we want to bring it from the football knowledge standpoint. We want everyone to understand the ins and outs of football because when you understand the ins and outs of football, it opens up everything and everything unlocks. And football is even more enjoyable than it was. Um, so getting out there in person is something that's important um, because there's so many times you can see something on TV and it doesn't translate to what you see in person. And uh, that's what I want to see. No, I agree with you. That's, that's 100% what I want to see. And chat, let's get to it right now. We, we've talked about a lot of different stuff. And some of you have thrown out some, some good questions. Yeah. During, during the, throughout the, the episode today, throughout the podcast, throughout the show. Uh, but now is, now is a chance. Now is your chance. You're, specifically your chance. It is Q&A time. It is just Q&A time specifically for you. Any questions specifically or things that we didn't go over, anything that you missed from the stream you want us to, to talk about or cover right now, now is that opportunity to do that. It's also a great opportunity while you're figuring out what it is you want to comment to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and already brought it up. I'll bring it up again and really sell it to you home. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. That way you're notified when the streams go live on Fridays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, right? You're in the chat right away. You're ready. So that way, in case, you know, the 49ers break news again and sign somebody by next Friday, you're here with us when we go three minutes early live yeah. to break that news for you. And you don't have to worry about it. Um, I'm really looking forward also to seeing what the Jordan Matthews contract looks like and yeah. how much incentives are built into it. Because I feel it's going to be a very incentive-laden contract. I will bet you it's the league minimum and there's nothing else to it. You don't think oh, there's going to be anything else? No, I, I bet you this is a 960000 base salary. Okay. Um, he He doesn't deserve more than that. He's switching positions. He's a veteran player. They didn't pay him more than this before. They're not going to pay him more now. Accurate. That's um, probably true. And they wouldn't have signed him if not. So, Oh, true also. Um, the one thing is I did see Monica ask the question too about um, if we're planning on going to a game. We have discussed the possibility of going to a game. We have not worked out any of the details, the details the yet. Details. There could be at some point us going to, a, going to a 49ers game this year. We do have a lot of plans surrounding game day. As far as, you know, just what we do as far as that. We're not going to let anything out yet. There's a lot of things in the works. Um, but, yes, I think we do have a plan to go to a game at some point. What game that is, we don't know. Um, but when we know, we'll let you know. And this is going to be a, a nice little test run, too, to see how things kind of work out and shake out um, when we go to training camp. So that's going to also open up some avenues and some doors and ideas, is right, because we have ideas now of what we want to do and, and areas we want to take the show and take the podcast. Um but you got to be able to test those things out in, in some way, shape, or form. So training camp is going to be a good way for us to be able to do some of that. And I'm looking forward just to getting this part out of the way, getting the training camp stuff out of the way. Because once we're able to get there, get to Levi's, set up, get things done, and just see how everything kind of shakes and plays out, we have a better idea of what we can and can't do if we want to actually do a live show or try to do one from Levi's on an actual game day. Uh, but no, agreed 100% and Ant's spot on with that. Is That's the eventual plan but one step at a time. Yeah, <laughs> with all things. I mean, it's one step at a time. Um, so I, I think that's where we're, we're trending towards a lot of cool things coming up in this fall season. Um, a lot of things for the 49ers is going to be exciting, and we're going to be here for all of it, and I'm looking forward to it um, because, I mean, that's one thing that's awesome is 49ers football never stops, it seems. It seems like there is no offseason for 49ers, um, and we're here for all of it, and we've been here for all of it now for over a year. So it's exciting. I know we haven't quite reached the full year that we've been – as far as um, video, you know, on YouTube, um, but that is rapidly approaching here um, towards the beginning of the season. I think it's that that first part of September. That's when we'll hit a year that we've done uh, video broadcasts on on YouTube. So and and not yeah, not just podcasts on YouTube, video podcasts where you get us face yeah the face. Whole Before we did podcasts, it was on you know Spotify, Apple. It's still on all those, but yes, um, and 
it's doing well, but extremely well, extremely well. Shout out to our uh, Spotify and and all of our po- traditional podcast platform yeah, listeners out there. You guys are awesome. Yeah, Apple Podcast has been blowing up lately, so you know, thank you for that. Um, it's trending in the right way. Um, so appreciate everyone that listens in traditional platforms as well. Yeah, I mean this this channel has just continually grown in different avenues and different ways, and that's because of the Cutback Crew. Uh, and that's the cutback crew that's in chat. That's the cutback crew that's just listening on Spotify and our traditional podcast platforms. That's our cutback crew that's, you know, finding our content on Facebook and sharing it with other people and then hopping over to one of the other platforms to listen. Instagram, commenting and liking things on there. Twitter, tweeting at us, whatever it is. Uh, the cutback crew is on all social medias. They've been great. They've been continually helping this podcast grow. Uh, and again, all of it doesn't happen without them. Yeah, it doesn't. It, nothing happens without, you know, the people. So... We really appreciate it, and I mean it's, that it's people helping people, people and people, and, and we're gonna have a lot of it. I can't wait until we uh, until we get to training camp because I I have some ideas. I have I have some fun ideas. Um, yes, people will hear from me from the stands. I I have Alex knows this, so I used to go to uh, when I wasn't coaching. Like if I wasn't coaching that day, I would go to a high school game, and I would sit in the stands, and there was a reporter, and he used to always comment on the the things that were going on in the game. He would tweet it. And I would sit there and live tweet what was going to happen before it happened and then contradict him when he would say the wrong coverage or something. And he would just look up in the crowd to see if he could find me. Um, the guy is now, he's very appreciative of what we do. Uh, and when we did a lot of the high school stuff, he was very appreciative of of that and retweeted us and stuff a lot. But I used to have a lot of fun with that. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's actually one of my favorite things that we used to do at high school games. It was called just Spot the Reporter is what I called it. I just said that in my head. And I would just sit there on Twitter. We watch the game. I'd look at the live the live chat feed and see Ant tweet something, and then hop over to his page and see what he tweeted, and then just look. Yeah, it was and just, coming. And just wait, wait for the. Yeah, it was coming. They were looking for me. That's how it rolls. <laughs> it was a good one. Uh, Coach Timo here with a great question. He's got his eye on special forces, parentheses special teams. Yeah, special teams. A lot of people call it special forces. Yeah, I like it. I like it a yeah. lot. Uh, so my question is for you guys: Who do you think will be handling kick slash punts this year? And do you think our punter runs finally runs a fake? <laughs> we we could get a fake from Wisnowski. He's not, definitely not afraid of contact. It's true. Um, so you could get a fake. I'm hoping we're not in situations where we need to run fakes, but he definitely has the capabilities. As far as kick punt returner, I think it's a big question because I think Brandon Ayuk really wants it. And after hearing his presser today, he's talking about the things he needs to improve and he needs to get better. And the fact that his body wasn't really ready for it last year to take that pounding. Um, I think he's going to be a time-to-time specific guy, certain situation guy, kind of like the Eagles did with Deshaun Jackson towards the end, where I was like, oh, we need a big play. Let's put Brandon Ayuk back there. Um, but I think day-to-day, I think Richie James right now is the lead guy. But I think that, I think, didn't they say Travis Benjamin's back there taking um, some snaps? I'm sure Ombre Thomas will get an attempt. Sure. Um, they'll put these guys back there. The main thing is securing the ball. So as long as these guys can secure the ball, we'll be fine. But I think those are the options. If I had to guess, I would say that um, Travis Benjamin and Brandon Ayuk probably have the you know the leaders in the clubhouse, um, and I would think it'd be Travis Benjamin because I just I have a little bit more faith in him than Richie James as far as making a big play. But if you're looking for security, I mean Richie James does a good job of securing the ball, but I just don't know if he's going to make this roster. It's going to be really really tough, and he's going to have to do a little bit more than just secure the ball in the special teams aspect if he wants to hold on to. A position and solidify a position. He's going to need to make plays. Yeah, back there. Uh, but Travis Benjamin, great name. Aubrey Thomas, great name. Um, Elijah Mitchell, great name. All of those guys are names. Um, and I agree with you. The Brandon Ayuk thing should be occasionally. 
I know the Thanoses of the world want it to be every single punt. Yeah. Uh, and look, if you want your best receiver and your one of your best deep threat options out there taking a beating on special teams rather than at the wide receiver position, then I guess to each their own, but I'm really glad you're not making any sort of decisions for this team and personnel package. I think it needs to be specific times. 100%. You know? it and needs and to I'm, be specific. I'm okay if they do that. No, and that is that is the one place where it makes sense. Um, again, it puts teams on their toes, especially at the end of games. You want to play it safe. You can play it safe, but you know Brandon Ayuk is going to go back there. That may, ta- may, right. may force teams into taking more risks. And if you're taking risks against this defense, that leads for potentials for turnovers, which means you have the ball even in even better field position. So you could get teams to make their own mistakes by having a guy like Brandon Ayuk back there who, when he's back there, you know he can make a big play. Yeah. But he's not always back there. Well, Hightower and Shanahan have been very clear about how they handle the punt return area. Mm-hmm. They have times where they have they just want to secure the ball, right? They don't need to flip the field. They have times they want to flip the field. So... Um, they have times that they just want to make sure that they make the play. They're not really worried. They're trying to run the clock, whatever. So they they can have different returners for the situation. So we might not have one returner. We might have several. Mm-hmm. Um, and any of those situations are are good and fine. And that's why we had Trent Taylor. And that's why we had Richie James, you know, doing it. Um, the other kind of outlier guy that's back there, I don't know if he'll actually make it, but I did hear they're letting Kevin White as well um, return kicks and punts right now. Okay. That makes sense. I just didn't want to leave him out. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I, 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 Proud of you for that, Ant. Proud of you for that. Uh, Luke had asked, who do you think is going to be their go-to guy in the red zone? He's pretty big on Sanu and Hurd. Yeah. I think I know who you're going to say. About Hurd? Yeah, I think you're going to go with Hurd as your red zone go-to guy. My red zone go Because he could do so much. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know Debo Samuel as well. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I think the 49ers aren't going to have a go-to guy this year as far as red zone. I think they're going to be just causing major issues from everyone. I think the red zone is a real problem for the league because of the type of talent they have that are so versatile. You add in George Kittle to this already versatile receiving core, and then you add the power run game dynamic and the 11-on-11 football with Trey Lance. You don't know what you're going to get at any moment. Uh, if, If you see Jimmy Garoppolo run off the field and Trey Lance run on in the red zone, your first inclination is going to be, oh my gosh, here comes the 11 on 11 run. You got to worry about Trey Sermon taking it right up the gut, you know, for the touchdown. And he can pull it, he can run, he can pull it, he can throw. Uh, too many options. You don't have a running back on the field. You could actually have five wide receivers um, with Trey Lance out there, and Jalen Hurd or Debo Samuel could be in the backfield. Too many options, too many <clears throat> things to worry about. NFL teams spend a certain amount of time working on red zone defense. When you play San Francisco 49ers, you have to spend double the time working on red zone defense to be able to stop these guys. This red zone offense is going to be nasty. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to get into the regular season. That's why I love talking football because when you start talking options, the 49ers have way too many for everybody else. I I agree with you there, but that's why I think for me it's going to be in waves. I think there's going to be a go-to guy in waves. There'll be games and stretches where there's a guy who is the go-to guy because a team has made a decision early on a game who they're going to focus on, who they're going to take away. I think early in the year, the go-to guy is going to be Kittle, and then you're going to have teams putting their best corner or their best coverage guy on Kittle in space when they're in the red zone. And then you're going to be using Kittle as a diversion. You're going to flex him out wide, single coverage, make it look like you're going a direction. And then it's going to be Raheem Mostert, or it'll be Trey Lance or Trey Sermon, whoever the guy is in the backfield. You'll have times where it's Debo. There'll be waves and games where it's Ayuk. There's going to be waves and times where it's going to be Kyle Juszczyk. Like you said, there's too many options. Yeah. Um, but I think there's going to be games or situations or weeks potentially where there's a singular focus because a team has shown something, right? They've shown something on film. 
they've shown something from the first time you played them or in a previous week of what their emphasis is or what their game plan is or what it is they want to stop. And Kyle Shanahan's going to take that under under his uh, supervision and scheme up and concoct himself a nice little red red zone uh, red zone dynamic that's going to be very hard to to stop and put certain people in certain situations to execute well in one on one situations. Defensive scheme and defensive personnel will dictate who is the go to player on any play. There you go. And because you have so many threats, it could be any of them. That's um, the best. And, part. and the thing is, if somebody thinks somebody's the red zone threat for the 49ers, that is perfect. That means Kyle Shannon can use that to his advantage, get you to double said man, and then take advantage of another mismatch. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Jag, that might be the nicest thing anyone has ever said to this. He's an older gentleman. We are both younger men. And he said, with plenty of years ahead of us. And he's happy knowing that young men like us are going to be carrying the faithful attitude forward into the future. I want to hug you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That was really nice. That was, that was really sweet. Uh, Gary, I hope we didn't ruin all other 49ers podcasts for you out there because there are some other really good ones out there. There is. Um, and, and, you know, we've had a few of them on. We've talked to a few of them. Uh, and there's also just a lot of great football content out there, too. So, you know, Tyler Menting we brought on. Yeah. Well. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good content out there. So. If you're looking for different, I mean, the thing is, is I do watch other people for differing opinions, correct? Um, to see where they stand on things. Uh, but there is good 49ers content out there. Go ahead and check it out. You know, there's some that I don't watch, and and that's nothing against them. I appreciate their grind. Um, it's just not the kind of content I like to consume. It's not um, what I need in my life. No, it's not. And so I want to consume certain type of 49ers content uh, that talks about my team. You know, kind of in a a way that I, you know can look and get information into it without it being overly negative. Um, the negative, there's too much negative in life. I just want, sure. I want to see the positive about my team. Sure. There's going to be plenty of negative when we get into the games, uh, but keeping it all uh, in context is important. Agreed with you. Agreed with you there. Uh, David Campbell, great question here. Oh, wait. Oh, David Vilma. Sanu, Hurd, and Jordan line up. Who's getting the touchdown before we get to David's? Say it again. Hurd, Sanu, and Jordan all line up. One side of the four. Who's getting the touchdown? Who's where? There it is. What defense are we playing? <laughs> are they showing blitz? Agreed. You know what I mean? It, it, it's If it's in the red zone, it's, it's probably man. So I can I can go ahead and say that. It's That's more fair. than likely man. But if they're showing blitz, they're, you know one of these guys could be on a hot route. Who's the farthest inside? Who's in the slot? Who's on the outside? If it's Jalen Hurd matched up with a 5'10 corner, it could be a, you know, a lob. It could be something that fade to the back of the end zone. We don't know what it is. You also don't know what the personnel grouping is for the 49ers. So we have three guys to one side. Who's on the other side and who's the running back? Too many things go into this. If I had the play, like if you could show me the play and then you could show me the defense, okay. I could give you a very good idea. Trips to the outside, trips to the right. Trips to the Wide, right. Tri trips to the right. Wide of the offense or the defense? Trips to the right of the offense. Okay. All three of them. Okay. Wide side of the field. Okay. Sanu in the middle. Jordan Matthews on the inside. Hurt on the outside. Okay. Obviously matched up man coverage. Linebacker, head up, shaded inside directly. Head up, almost press coverage on Sanu on the inside. And then sagging off a little bit on the outside on Hurd. Say it's a corner. Mm -hmm. No running backs. Okay. Got two on the other side. So we're empty. Okay. Empty. Trey Lance is on the field. Trey Lance is on the field? Trey Lance is on the field. So it's a quarterback run. There you go. <laughs> it's probably a quarterback <laughs> run, but if, if I was running something with, with the way they have it set up, the way that you just explained it, is I'm probably going to run something to Jalen Hurd on an inside play. I'm going to run the other two guys on outside patterns for a rub because this man covers that linebacker is going to get caught trailing the inside man. Jalen Hurd is going to break off underneath, and he's going to catch a touchdown pass. That's probably how I would attack it um, from what you gave me. There are multiple ways to skin a cat. 
There's different ways that you could do this, but from the thing that you gave me or the scenario, that is something I would look at. But Trey Lance run would be another thing I'd be looking at. So they'll probably have the middle wide open. That's why your linebacker shading to the inside, trying to make sure he's there for it. He's not there good enough. Also, I don't know what kind of motion is coming from the other side. If you motion okay. Debo into the backfield or something, all bets are off. It's true. I tried to give you as complicated and not as compl- not as not as complicated scenario there to make it easy for you. Yeah. And it still doesn't make it easy because we still there's so still so many other things. Uh, David, now back to your question, David. I just saw David. Uh, to, excuse me. Oh, it's David and David. So from David Vielma's question to David Campbell's question. Okay. Assuming Jimmy is the starter and stays healthy, what is your guess on how many snaps? Trey gets or plays as a change of pace specialty guy. Once again, it's going to depend on what team they're playing, what scheme they have, um, how exactly they're planning on, you know, attacking the 49ers. All that's going to make a difference, but I would think that he's going to have limited packages and games. I think there'll be games. We'll see him a couple of times, you know, as far as like a couple of different sets. And sometimes we won't see him at all. Um, I think if there are red zone opportunities, there's going to be opportunities for him to play. Um, but I also think fourth and ones, the opportunity. So I think circumstance scheme and personnel are going to dictate opportunities for him. Also this, the game plan, as far as what the 49ers are planning, because you're going in with an install. That is a plan. If the install, you know, has that in it, like, you know, you have a edge pass rusher that likes to get down the line and opens up for read option. Um, that is something you can attack when you can attack a weakness with a player, you do it. All that goes into it. So there's a lot of factors. So I can't tell you for sure. Um, because 17 games is a lot of, you know, a lot of games and without breaking down what each defense is going to be doing and what, you know, what their team is going to look like and constituted, um, I couldn't give you an actual educated answer on that. Uh, it would just be wrong of me to do. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, if I had to make a guesstimate, um, just based on the fact that I don't think you're going to see Trey Lance early in the season very much at all. Okay. Um, and then I think you'll get a little heavier sprinkle of him towards the middle of the season as they find opportunities to get him in and get some opportunity and you know, get some run. And then again, he goes back to sparing usage at the end of the season. I'd say it's, it's going to probably average out to about a play and a half to two plays a game. I'm going to give you a while that's bold right now. You know that while that's bold. Trey Lance is going to play in week one in some magnitude. You think so? Yeah. He, I don't think he'll sit. He, he will get at least a couple of snaps in some sort of situation. And everyone is going to freak out when he trots out on the field. Okay. I mean, I'll look forward to seeing it. You know I, why? I'm not going to hate it. Campbell is the Detroit Lions head coach. That's a perfect example, perfect time to get his feet wet. That actually is. You're not going <laughs> to see a lot of complex things. You're not going to see a lot of complex I mean, come stuff. on. The guy's out there doing up-downs with his team. Impressive. Yeah, That's impressive. I don't know how it's getting them ready, but it's impressive. Uh, what's your Facebook link? I posted that. Or, excuse me. Yeah, we posted that. We gave him a nice little Facebook link there. da 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 ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum Oh, man. Reading. I'm trying to read and trying to get If there's no hate, why do people hate on Grant Cohn? Honest question. What is it about him that other 49ers channels hate? Okay, so I don't hate Grant Cohn. No. Okay, I, I actually appreciate his grind. I, I think that... We've actually... And we've said that numerous times yeah, on the channel. What he does... We're having fun with it. Correct. To a point, okay? Because we call him Thanos and that kind of stuff. Accurate. Um, what I will say is what I don't like about... And I don't dislike all of his takes. Some of them are good. Some of the take, Some of it what I don't like is... He kind of just stirs up problems where there doesn't need to be problems, and he does it for a reason. But also, there's no in-depth analysis, which is why I don't. I'm not a huge fan on his a fan of his uh, content all the time. Is Sir, everything's a lot, a lot of it surface level? It is. It's, it's all results and stuff. Which I, you know, like I said, if we're talking about personnel, this, you know, as far as like c- talking about contract deals and stuff like that, he does a he does a good job. Yeah. Breaking news, he's on it. 
Um, it just when it comes to full out context on things, sometimes he's lacking. Um, but I mean, I, I have no hate for him. I, I mean, a a friendly dislike at times for what for some of his content, but not him as a person. No, I, I have zero zero problems with him as a person. He can and I enjoy him. I enjoy his tracksuits. Yeah, big fan. And, of and sometimes he's funny. There are times you have fun. you have to understand he's a complete troll. Like yes. that's what he does. He does it, and he's he's doing it well. Very well, um, actually. That is just differing from content that we are going to consume or we want to provide, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have my troll content already. I don't need that. I don't need 49ers troll content. I need yeah. 49ers content in my life. Um, that's that's what I need personally. That's what Ant needs personally. That's what the, this channel is supposed to be bringing you. It's not about crazy things or trying to elevate ourselves. It's about covering this team and talking yeah. about this team. That's really what we want to do. Um, so uh, there are some channels that are obviously going to go above and beyond with the, I guess, as Pinor called it, the hate, right? There are going to be people that do that. That's on them. We're having fun with it. Yeah, we are. We know what Grant is. We know what he does. You know, that's why we want the that's why we want the cutback takeover of the cone zone. Yeah. Right? We want to have those type of interactions. Fun, just lighthearted, just easygoing interactions. Because at the end of the day, Grant is a pretty easygoing guy. Well, and the thing is, is he's put himself out there, right? Yes. Like he he is that he right now he's got thirty thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yep. Like he is somebody that when you talk 49ers football, a lot of people know who Grant Cone is. So it's obvious that we're going to sometimes talk about his takes we should yeah because he is a, a notable guy that people are going to talk about um and his takes are wrong so i'll, I'll be honest <laughs> M- most of his takes on actual football x's and o's are completely wrong yes and that is okay um i'll be honest like like i said it takes a lot of guts to put yourself out there to be consistently wrong hey it takes a lot of guts to put yourself out there in general you know it's what true. i mean that's true um that's why you have to respect the grind um but it, it doesn't mean i'm not going to call a spade a spade it's real. It's real. It's real. It's not. It's not great sometimes when he puts stuff out there. Uh, you know, look, it, it's just kind of how it works. It's just kind of how it works. I guarantee oh. I will yell at him at some point at at the training camp and try to get his attention. If we could have a face to face, that'd be great. I would love a face to face. A face to face would be fantastic i think it would be fun uh Pinar says he doesn't have a lot of bad takes sort of seems clickbait for views at times or is just wrong um look oh he does okay he meant he does have a lot of because that the way you ended that contradicts well, the first part so i'm glad you thank you well for he it. right he puts out so much content that at some point you're gonna either contradict yourself or be wrong because he just Correct. puts out a ton of stuff which once again appreciate the grind um but it's all surface level content uh, and then he surrounds himself with with people that talk similar things. There are guys that have been on with Grant that have differing opinions that I respect their points of view on things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times I, I turn around and appreciate what you know some of the other c- contributors do, um, and I appreciate what he does sometimes. It's yep. just let's let's be honest. I I this is not my cup of tea. No, I, I, I do mean, enjoy tea. It's really not. Uh, what is the worst Forty Niners channel? Pinor. Not going there. What is the worst 49ers channel? That's what he said. Hey, we're not we're not doing that. The one that we're not on. <laughs> there it is. I'm just kidding. There I, it is. To be honest with you, I haven't graded them out to be the worst. Um, and I don't have as much time to consume as much 49ers content as I used to because we I, produce 49ers content. When back back last season when we were only doing like two episodes a week, three episodes a week, I was actually watching a lot of other 49ers podcasts yes um because i'm trying to evaluate what we're doing looking at what other people are doing how can we change what do we need to add what do we need to do and then i think you and i both got to a point where when we got to 
maybe not right away when we started posting our daily videos, but not too long after that, I noticed that when the more I started watching other podcasts and other channels, the more it just got to a point where it's like, I would much rather be spending time focusing on our content and what we're trying to put yeah. out than I, I am trying to see what other people are doing and trying to improve ourselves in comparison to everybody else. I feel like we do a lot of things differently. I think we've kind of set our mold and our niche in terms of what this channel is. And I feel the Cutback Crew really appreciate it, appreciates yeah. it, top to bottom, right? All 1,200 plus of you here on YouTube, you know, the hundreds that we have on our traditional podcast platforms that are blowing up, you know, the 700 plus we have on our Facebook page. It doesn't matter where we are, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, um, the Cutback Crew has been out in full force and shown us a lot of support. And that's really where our focus is now. That's where our attention is. And so, yeah, there are going to be times we talk about other podcasts. You know, we poke fun at people and what yeah, they're yeah. doing. Um, but that's because the channel is supposed to be fun. We're trying to have fun with what we're doing. We are. And we're trying to produce and pr present to you the best content that we know how to present. And thank you, Jason. Jason just bought us a drink for training camp. We appreciate you uh, super chatting us. Alex is very excited. Um, if I, I know that drink's going to me, boys. It, it is. <laughs> Alex is going to be – Alex is going to – that's one drink, probably ten bucks at that for a snack bar there. Probably just going to use that to buy drinks for the tailgate. Yeah, so we'll just use it. For <laughs> we'll, that. We'll, we'll do that. Um, the one thing I'll say though, I do want to shout out some of the some of the content that we do like. You know, mm -hmm. um, a couple of them. I'm not, I'm not going to go into because there's a long list of of ones. But instead of talking about the negative ones, we'll talk about the the ones that we we do appreciate. Is of course Chapman. I, Love I think Chapman. If I'm consuming content, I watch I watch Chapman when I can. I, I appreciate it, what he does. Um, Wayne Breezy and what he what they do a lot of times. Sometimes I'll check in on them. Occasionally I check in on Nothing But Niners, see what's going on there um, with Mike and all those guys. RSF Niners, I like watching their stuff on Instagram. Yep, I was. In fact, I watched a little bit today. Yep. Um, we have a lot of appreciation for what they do. They keep grinding. Um, do your thing. You know, we're all, we all have our own avenue and way that we're handling it. And that way, the, the 49 fans have their opportunity to pick their content. You know, they can go wherever they want yeah. and get whatever content they want to get. Absolutely. You can also go with a guy like Rombo and he you had brought up he had brought up Rombo. Rombo is 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 he's kind of the OG like for guys who have done 49ers content and he's really fan centric. So like if you really enjoyed going on, hopping on the phone and really just chatting it up, that's great. Um that's, you know, he provides a lot of that and eventually we'll be getting to that as well, but for us our content is more is focused centered on, focused and centered on this team right we want to talk about this team because that's what we're all here for yeah we're all here for the 49ers so we want to cover as much 49ers as we can yeah yeah exactly i, I think so i think we're on the same page as far as other content goes mm -hmm. no i agreed with you there i agree with you there. there's positive negatives in all of them uh i yeah i mean chat what else you got for us what other questions you got what do you Ooh, got? Uh, alex Faulkner said beast rider yeah appreciate beast rider as beast well beast rider as well yeah, yeah appreciate it yeah and and we don't we don't want to like say someone we forgot because there's a lot of people that are out there grinding Javier Vega and all those guys. I don't want to go out there and say that we're forgetting them. I just can't remember everyone off the top of my head. Um, and then there's, there's 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 the guys we've worked Jay with Jay in the Bay that we've worked yeah. with. I mean, there's there's tons of Tyler Menting with Football Unlocked. I mean, there's tons of guys, and he's not necessarily 49er centric, yeah. but he does cover some 49er stuff. Well, and there's people that I won't mention. So correct, there are people that we won't mention, and there's people that we don't want. <laughs> We don't want to work with them and they're because of their Well, it's nothing wrong with what they do. It's just it's differing from what we're trying to do. It's the complete polar opposite. Yeah. Complete polar opposite. All right. So what do we got? We got Pinor saying, oh no, Coach Timo and Pinor are talking about Jimmy. Okay. Um he says, I protect Jimmy too, as long as he's our QB, but I feel you. I'm not saying he's an expert on players. Uh he has his favorite day favorite ones as everyone does, and he's talking about specifically another one. 
uh, yeah. one of the other podcasts. Um, Monica talking about uh, Beast Rider and Jay in the Bay. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of great content out there, and there's a lot of great things to to discuss. And in 49ers land, I mean, that's one of the nice things about 49ers football in general is there's a history, there's a long successful history, um, and because there's a long long successful history with this team, there's a lot of viewpoints. There is. There's a lot of older viewpoints. There's younger viewpoints. There's guys kind of like us. We'll, we're kind of in the middle between the old age and the new age. And you you got to watch a lot of the old age stuff, but you got to watch it at a younger point in your lifespan and your time. Yeah. So you're looking at the same thing that maybe, you know, guys like my dad and your dad and guys like Gary in our chat, right, who saw the glory days of San Francisco, you got to see it through a little bit of a different lens. Um, and now it's evolved into what it has now, right? And with this team, I didn't get to watch the glory days. I got to watch one Super Bowl, right? And a lot of crap. Um, and I got to hear all about the glory days and watch highlights of the glory days, but never got to experience it myself. So there's a different level of appreciation I have for this team um, than I would say even guys like you, because you know you got to witness the greatness, uh, the greatness, the transition from greatness to still great, right? And then the, the slow decline and then the climb back up. I started with one year of, of good things and then it slowly devolved into chaos, right? And then cl the climb back up. So Super Bowls for me are like, are this rare thing that I've seen and I've got to witness one of them in my lifetime that it's always just like, every time we get close and we don't win it, it feels like at times almost it's like, man, why did I, why do I even want this team to get there? Cause if they don't get it, it just sucks. And, you know, you got more of them. So you know you know what the losses feel like. You know what the highs feel like. So for you, maybe it doesn't have the same impact as it does someone like me. I don't know. Well, it can change your perspective in the fact that I think a lot of people that are my age grew up with the fact that it seemed like every year we had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And there are people that think that we should win a Super Bowl every single season. I think the only thing that helps me along the way is my perspective from coaching is that I know you can't win a championship every year and how exactly. hard it is to win a championship every year. Um, so I think that helps, but I think that has skewed viewpoints, right? People that were alive and born in the 80s have a different viewpoint than people that got to witness the pain and suffering of the 60s and the 70s. So when they finally got those great championships in the 80s, they appreciated it so much, and it meant so much to them. And then you had the people that came in the 90s that maybe only got to witness one, you know, one Super Bowl, and they've been in a pain. And then you got people like Caleb that was born in the 2000s, and he's, you know, late 90s, and he's never experienced any championships you know and only loss and despair so it is a different kind of level for everyone and how they're able to you know i guess view it and express it and their per you know perspective and that's why we welcome all perspectives here yeah. um if you have a perspective like you know what grant Cohn has you can have that and you can disagree with us and we can have a conversation about it it doesn't mean we're going to agree that is okay to have the, the you know disagreement that's fine that's never the issue sure and you, you know you could have the opinion that kenny has right kenny does not want us to, that did not want the Niners to pay fred, fred warner. warner all right and uh, kenny i wish you were more active in chat on this because i was hoping you, when i saw you pop in there you were going to talk about that a little bit because i wanted to hear from kenny on that um so it doesn't really matter what your perspective is here as long as you have one and as long as you want to discuss it with us because as long as you want to discuss it with us that this community continues to grow um, and that's what we want. We want this community to get as large as humanly possible so we can have bigger, longer, greater, more diverse, um, tons more viewpoints with these conversations and the things we're discussing and talking about. Um, the viewpoints and the varying viewpoints allow for new and unique conversations because there's new and unique ways to look at this team. There's new and unique ways to look at the game of football. And the more ways you get to look at the game of football, I mean, that's 
That's how things like what Walsh developed with the West Coast offense, that's why it happened, is you had a guy who had a vision that was different than everybody else's, willing to put it out there and willing to test it, put it, put his feet to the fire and, and see if it yeah. worked, and he changed the game of football. Right, The spread offense in college changed the game of football, and now it's slowly seeping its way into the NFL. You know, The read option, things of that nature, changed the landscape of the NFL for a few years. Uh, every every decade or so, you're going to get something crazy that's going to potent, has the potential impact to change the way football is played, right? And a lot of what you're seeing with this 49ers defense right now is similar to that. The hybrid type players, the players that don't really have a specific role or specific niche in terms of like a position. Guys who were safeties who are becoming linebackers in the league and it's working, mm-hmm. right? It works at a different level and different pace. We got two elite linebackers, one of them who was a linebacker, one of them was a safety in college, right? So, I mean, there's just so many, there's so many ways to talk about and view the game the more that this community is, continues to expand and grow, the better these conversations get, the more predictions we can start to make, right? And, and the more viewpoints we get, which as content creators, having your viewpoints, being able to, maybe not necessarily influence us, but at least be able to open our eyes a little bit more, allows us to come up with new and better video ideas. Yeah, and what's up, Jay in the Bay? Jay in the Bay jumped in. What's up, my guy? Um, yeah, it is. It's all about perspective on things, and it's all about... You know, different ideologies and just what everyone's looking at perspectives. Uh, I think if you grew up in a different era, you have a different perspective on 49ers football. Um, We can disagree and also appreciate what somebody else is thinking, going through uh, and understanding about 49ers football because we've all lived it from a different point of view. So that is the most exciting thing. I've seen some more questions come in. So what else do we got, Alex? Oh, man, we (laughs) we got quite a few. Okay, We had quite a few. We'll start with D Ford. How many games does D Ford actually play in from Alex Faulkner? I'm gonna I'm gonna say twelve. I like that number. I like that number. I'll say thirteen. I'll go one more and than you. I wouldn't be shocked if it's more. It could because be I think he's gonna play limited snaps. Agreed with you. So, but it, I'm just being cautiously optimistic with twelve. No, I I, I like that. That's why that that number rings good with me. Is twelve sounds good? Um, and I know Faulkner and a couple other people earlier had mentioned if D four just plays ten games this year, that'd be incredible. True. I think most 49ers fans feel like if they can get at least half the season out of D four. It's a win. Yes. It's a win this year. Anytime we can have him on the field, it's a, he's a game changer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you guys are still here. Right on from Kyle. What's up, Kyle? <laughs> he left, it. came back. We're still here. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's see. There's not any questions. Oh, is Tom Brady overrated even though he's the GOAT? Um, from I, I I think with all things, uh, it, you have to look once again at what era they played in. I think the fact that ultimately they they keep saying he's so much better than Joe Montana, I think is the one that I have the most problems with. Um, because if you place Joe Montana in this era and you couldn't touch him, um, the way he throws the ball still at his age <laughs> is still fantastic. So that is the one thing I have. I think eras sometimes separate. Um, but Tom Brady is the best quarterback of his era. I will give him that. And in that regard, I don't think he's overrated. I do think a lot of you know his he did have a lot of help along the way. Um, the way that we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019 compared to the way we talked about Tom Brady early on in the Tuck, you know, Tuck game and all that in that era was a New England defense carried him to victory. Um, that is not different than what was, Jimmy had a great defense, yet Jimmy gets slighted because he lost the game. If he would have won, he would have been held in the same regard as Tom Brady as far as back then in the early 2000s. Um, really, the fact that he won the game is the difference. The difference between the game is, of course, great defense and Adam Vinatieri. Um, but 
I think that Tom Brady has, you know, proved himself and is the best of his era. He's the best of his era, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, whether or not he's overrated, I, that's not for me to decide and to dictate, and there's no way to actually measure that because in order to measure it, you have to compare him to the other greatest of all times, and there's no way to do that. There's no way to yeah. actually accomplish that. So for me, it's a question that can't be answered, and, like, I I don't personally – it's not that I don't personally want to entertain it. It's one of those questions for me It was just, like, I'd be banging my head against a brick wall trying to answer this because I'd be having to look at like 15 different things and trying to justify and reason. And there's just no point because at the end of the day, I don't want to tear down anything that Tom Brady's done because then that leaves the door open to tear down anything that Joe's done. And it's also the rules have changed. Correct. I mean, you're, you're able to do so much, you know, less stuff. Now defenders can't even touch receivers. Um, quarterbacks are more protected than ever. Yep. Um, it's just a different world. It's a, it's a different world than we were in 20 years ago. And and that's okay. Um, TB12 though, he's phenomenal, especially in this era. No one is going to match what, what Tom accomplished. Until Trey Lance. Think so. I don't know. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't uh, pass on the opportunity. Well, especially when you got that sweet training camp merch on right there. And you got to plug the trade. True. Uh, so make sure you go to 49ers cut back shop. Training link camp. Link is up there right yeah. now. You can see it. It's in the description down below. I would um, be. It's also pinned, yeah. so you can click it. It's the pinned comment, or you can click I'm, it. And go I'm going to be out. honest with you. I was a little nervous, so I had the shirt designed right, and I ordered it to come in. So yep. I w- wanted to make sure I was good to go. Yep. Um, literally the hour before the shirt got here, I saw a reporter put on Twitter training camp spelled this way, and I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to get me. Um, that's why I went ahead and put that the shirt was already in. Like, no, bro. I, Already did this. We did this first. We um, did it. Yeah, we actually own the copyright, and now you guys pay us royalties. <laughs> we were we were ready for it. We were, we were ready for it. We were, and you know what? I'm glad you got it out when you did because uh, it's clean. I'm now just praying to God that mine gets in before we get to training camp. Yeah, it'll definitely be in for one of the days. I'm just hoping it's in for all three of the days. Yeah, and it's nice, black, red, white, and so everything's available. It's also available in, in women's as well. It's true. Um, except for in white and women's, for some reason they it wasn't available in in any size. We appreciate that store. Thank yeah, you, thanks they, a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, so maybe they're just sold out. Maybe white is just like the thing to go. Yeah, it's, it is before Labor Day, so and, and you're not <laughs> supposed to wear white after Labor yeah, Day. Yeah, so there so, you go. Then, you know, there's, there's that. There's always, always that. Uh, Montana never had a kicker win a Super Bowl for him. Touche. Touche. Monica, Montana's the better Super Bowl quarterback, though. Well, he didn't lose any. That's true. Tom Brady's the quarterback with the longest career. I don't know if that's still I don't know if that's true yet. It seems like he's played forever. He has played forever, but I, I believe there the, is still There are guys who back in the day played like 20, 20 something years. Yeah, so. I, I did a report on one in college. I forget who it is now. Now I'm gonna keep Was it myself. George Blanda? It was Blanda. He played forever. He played forever. He was yeah. matter of fact, he was the starting kicker uh, was. and the backup quarterback. Well a lot of players used to play both ways, so yeah. yeah. Mr. Blanda is a freaking Iron Man legend. Um, that's going to be a hard record for Tom to break. Yeah. That, that dude played for a very, 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 very long time. Uh, let's see if there's any other questions. I'm not seeing any other questions. People talking about how they like Brady. I like you guys saying, remember the right way is always the 49ers way. I now say it. I hope you don't mind. No, no, just make sure sure you plug where you got it from. (laughs) Just make sure you know and send them towards the 49ers comeback, you know, (laughs) just saying. Um, yeah, Coach Timo Montana came from college in the city I was born, South Bend to Notre Dame. I've been to South Bend. I've seen Notre Dame's campus. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've never been over there. You know, my girlfriend, well, excuse me, my fiance. fiance. Uh, my fiance was from Mishawaka, and uh, it's right on the border, right by South Bend. Couldn't tell. I don't know. Accent. 
Nah, she don't have one. No, definitely she not. Her, you should hear her say, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got it off of the podcast. I'm getting punched when I get home tonight, folks. I'm going to be black and blue on the next episode. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> yep, Megan, we know. We know. <laughs> yeah, I think he did retire at 48. He did. I, I think so, yeah. He was a, I think that is accurate. He was an old gentleman indeed. George Blanner, though, man, what an absolutely phenomenal career. And he was still playing pretty gosh darn good towards the end of it also. He was. You know, and the, the 49ers now have, I believe, tomorrow of camp. Yep. And then they're going to be taking, I think it's a break on Sunday. They have a day I believe off. it's Sunday, yeah. So we're going to get a lot of more cool information and stories coming out about, you know, camp as we move forward. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We haven't even got... We haven't even got the pads yet, okay? We haven't even got the pads. <laughs> We've had yet. all of this great content. And there's no pads. There's no hitting. There's no anything yet. I like that that Caleb said this earlier about Sudfeld, and he's reiterating. Nate Sudfeld went two for two in practice. Jimmy and Trey better watch out. Um, yes, yeah that 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 will be the narrative. Now it will get pointed out if somebody drops a Josh Rosen pass. Don't forget that will happen. That will happen a lot. But yeah. Actually, Suddy looks pretty good out there, you know, as far as I see him taking like his three, four throws a game of practice. And, you know, he does look tall, physical and imposing. I mean, maybe not physical. Um, Plenty discussed oh, about yeah. Kid Law, Lou. You all have to yeah, go back to Yeah, we did. The... In fact, preface you first before we talked about it because you asked the question. We did talk a lot about Kid Law a couple of times, actually. Yeah. So make sure you go back through the beginning. Um, but just, just suffice it to say. We here do not believe it to be really anything of concern right now. It's a little bit overblown. We're just going to kind of wait to see what happens. Um, but it's not anything that anyone needs to be freaking out about. Yeah, because the surgery was about um, uh, scar tissue. You know, it was, it was, a it scope. was scar tissue and a scope. Yeah. yeah, it's a scope. So doesn't like land. Doesn't like Blanda. I don't like it. I don't like it, Gary. You should re- put some respect on George Blanda's name. Put some respect on his name. Acknowledge <laughs> <laughs> him as your tribal chief. It's incredible. I don't know about that. You think he's really sitting there saying, "Acknowledge, acknowledge me." I don't think so. Acknowledge me no. as quarterback three. I, I think that's. Mind. I think that's what Jimmy's doing. I think his press conference showed that he's like acknowledging. If, if anyone's the tribal chief, it's it's Jimmy. Matter of fact, earlier when I said he had a swag to him, I should have said it's a tribal chief like swag. <laughs> he's the head of the table. He's the head of the table. Him and well, Roman. And him I, and Roman have been having conversaciones. Well, you know, we were we were talking about this early on, right? That it, it appeared George Kittle and Fred Warner were the face of the offense and the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed their deals, and then even in the state of the franchise, they were the ones that were out there. Jimmy came out with a yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> and it was like, he just looked at the, like when he was going through everything, um, he, he just didn't care. He was loose. He was free. Uh, this wasn't the Jimmy that I recognize. This is like, I mean, no lie on Smallville when Clark would get the red kryptonite and be a little bit wild and a little bit, this is, that's what happened. He's got the red kryptonite people. We, we need to worry. He's going to go, he's going to go wild out we, there. We need to worry or the rest of the league needs to Maybe worry. the rest of the league needs no, to I like worry. That. I like yeah. that better. I like that better. Look at the end of the day. Yes. Matt Calloway. Yes. <laughs> We don't carry a quarterback three anymore. I would rather use that spot for a running back or a DB. Yes. 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 Even a wide receiver. Pretty much any skill position player. I think we believe that a seventh wide receiver or a you know a fifth, sixth running back, because if you count Juice, True. Um, would be more beneficial. Also, like he said, a DB maybe a safety. Um, maybe that gives you an opportunity to keep all five now that you have Talanova Fonga. Marcel Harris is not a linebacker, so you don't have to worry about that. He is a linebacker. So... That, I mean, yeah, all those roster things are going to make a lot of sense. True. Alex Faulkner with another great one here at the end. Where is our O-line ranked this year? At the, it ranked in the NFL at the end of this year. Top five. 
I think that's fair. I'll I'll go specifics and say three. Okay. I just think it's going to be top five because I think they're going to be one of the one of the top two or three run blocking units, and then they'll be in the the top ten in the pass blocking department. And I, I think that they'll have a lot of success. Um, Jalen Moore playing a lot of tackle in camp, not playing guard. Shannon admitted originally he was going to play guard for them, but the injury to Skule has Jalen Moore out there playing. So Jalen Moore is in the hunt for the swing tackle spot. Uh, so he is looking apparently better than anticipated. I'm curious what Forrester actually thinks. We, we won't get to hear what Forrester hey, thinks about him. but I'll, I'll tell you what. If Jalen Moore is going to be a bona fide tackle for this team in the swing tackle, if this guy ends up panning out, you just hit a home run in round five as your a potential Trent Williams replacement down the line. Yeah, and that's maybe crazy. maybe your Lakin Tomlinson replacement until then. Yeah, that's true. So they might have just hit another huge, huge one there. Um, and did you are you any are you worried about what they're saying about Banks? The fact that Banks was getting thrown around a little bit by DJ Jones and Zach Kerr and those guys. No. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried at all. No. No. No pads. Uh, and he's getting moved. Alex Mack got put on his butt. Terrible. How dare you? He doesn't have it anymore. It's all gone. It went away in, a, in one offseason. It disappeared forever into the void. If he consistently gets put on his butt, we'll have conversations. Can we just wait till pads to determine who's getting pushed and not getting pushed? No. I mean, oh God and everything good and holy in this world. How can you judge contact when they don't even have the equipment on they're going to be using when they actually have contact? I guess you've never played football. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. It's, it's like great. It was like when uh, Thanos was breaking down freaking game footage of Eric Armstead and trying to talk about why he just stands there and he's not even doing anything, right? He's just standing there. And it's like, dude, he's setting the edge. So just stop. Yeah. Just don't cover analysis anymore. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Gary asked, "Did we see the Jimmy, Jimmy's f bomb?" Yeah, it was gangster. Mm-hmm. It was totally gangster. It was. It was freaking incredible. Yeah. In fact, I didn't see it live. Ant sent me a message right afterwards and said, did you see Jimmy just now? I was like, no. He's like, you need to watch his presser. I was like, why? And he's like, just, just an F-bomb. I was like, what? Put it on. You know, I was expecting like one of those accidental slip-up F- F-bombs, right? He's talking about something. Like, oh, man, it's just really great, man. And then being like, oh. But no, he thought about what he was going to say and then decided the F-bomb was the right the right F-bomb to drop at this point in time. Yeah, I posted it on Twitter, and I wanted the gif of the, the kid saying, Fogel's a badass. Um, they do not have that gif. That's just, it's just a I dang don't, shame. I don't know why. I'm going to have to make it or something, because I need that in my life. Um, there's so many times that I just want to reference that, because it's true. But <laughs> Jimmy, this would be like in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, um, where they're where they're watching, like you know, I always thought Matt Damon was a Streisand, but he's really rocking the crap out of this one. That is what I thought of Jimmy Garoppolo in that press conference. I agree, I agree with you there. And David, round five is the magic round for the 49ers. It They've is. shown that time and time again. So this is why we were really excited about Hufanga there, where they got him. Jalen Moore. They've done a really good job of drafting guys at those positions. Alex Faulkner, DJ Jones is the real deal. People seem to forget that. Not to mention Banks is a rookie. Agreed. Com- well, and comment on Alex. What Alex said. Did you know there are people that put out their uh, projected starting lineup for the 49ers and they had Zach Kerr starting over DJ Jones? To me, that was shocking. Even though I love Kerr, I just I, I can't believe anyone would unseat DJ Jones. Uh, before a game has been played, before pads have been put on, before you've really got to see anything like that. Yeah, it's a little surprising. Yeah, I mean, to me, it doesn't. I mean, the other thing that was very evident looking in at camp, uh, Javon Kinlaw. Even make Zach Kerr look small. Yeah, dude, he's freaking huge. He's massive. My lord. Yeah, I want to see him in person. 
I've stood next to Kane, the wrestler. I've I've stood next to Kane, and I've I've had the Great Khali. I've knocked on the door of the Great Khali at the Stockton Arena when I worked there and brought him a Subway sandwich. Yeah. And put the Subway Wait, sandwich. One Subway sandwich? Uh, it was like four. Yeah. I put the bag in his hand, and the bag looked tiny. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was afraid, like, my hand was going to get lost in his hand if he <laughs> grabbed the sandwiches. As he looked at me, he said, thank you. And then walked back in. I was just like, just don't eat me. Yeah, he's four foot long. Dude, it was freaking scary. <laughs> but no, I mean, I thought that was big. Javon Kinlaw obviously isn't great colleague levels of big. But in comparison to other big football players out there, dude, yeah. he's huge. He's giant. My lord. Yeah, he, he, he's going to have a breakout year. Oh, yeah. Javon Kinlaw is about to blow up. He's going to tear it up. That's about the only thing that I've seen from talking heads that have been somewhat right is when they talk about guys who are going to potentially break out for the 49ers and they cite Kinlaw. Um, Kinlaw is, is is the right choice in my mind on this defense. So you, you, you missed uh, you missed some of uh, Thanos' stuff about Kinlaw then. Oh, no. He, he said Kevin Givens, still better than uh, Javon Kinlaw. Zach Kerr, still better than Javon Kinlaw. DJ Jones, still better than Javon Kinlaw. <laughs> Kevin Givens? Kevin Givens. Kevin Givens is improved. Kevin Givens? You see that emotional response you just got? Yeah! This is why I don't watch Turtles! This is why! Your hair right now. Oh my gosh almighty. It was already not great coming into the show. Thanos, way to go. Way to go. You took the best, the, my best physical feature and you ruined it. For, for however much of the podcast remains. My gosh. My gosh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that, it's just the hypercritical nature of watching 49ers training camp in general. You're going to get takes like that, you know. Um, we're, we're, that was two days in. I mean, two just days wait, into practice. Just wait till the Rosen needs to start stuff. It, that's, not, that's not coming because Trey's there. It's true. That's very true indeed. Megan just super chatted again. Did she really? Yeah, she did. Thanks, oh Megan. We appreciate Lord it. Lord almighty love. Show the love for these guys and the Niners. Nice little 499 super chat, Megan. Greatly appreciated that. That's the nice. That's the last nice thing she'll do for me or the podcast today. As I am going to get punched for my <laughs> I am my I am impression yeah, of Megan. I could I could give the heat off of you and post a picture of her with a Colts jersey on. Look, you could do that, but then then it's gonna make it seem like I approved that to get the heat off of me. Yeah, and then it's gonna be all bad from there. Uh, but yeah, no. Make sure you do exactly what she just said. Show the love for for these guys. Show the love for the Niners. Make sure you hit that subscribe button right now. Share the live stream with the rest of the faithful as well. Let them know about this great content. This is a great episode. Uh, you can have them watch the replay, and then maybe next time they'll be here on time, three minutes early for whatever breaking news comes out. Yeah, and I did see Alex Faulkner asking what the record will be going into the bye week. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Is it a week six bye week? It is a week six bye week, and I think you and I both. Had the 49ers at 5-0 and going into the bye week in our predictions? I don't remember. I believe it was 5-0. and We may be wrong, and you, some of you may be going back and looking at the prediction showdown, then coming back here and typing, you guys were wrong, it was actually 4-1. and um, But I'm going to stick with 4-1 and going into it. I'll give them one, one mess up, one little screw up in there. I, I got them, I know I got them for sure blowing out the first three teams. I got them taking care of business. True. So. Tyler um, Menting also would agree with you, especially that week three game. Yeah, I, I honestly can't wait for that one. I can't wait to get this defensive line going after Aaron Rodgers. Um, really, Randall Cobb, is that supposed to scare us? Uh, K1 Williams is over there like, that's what you got? Randall Cobb? Okay. Like, that's nothing scary about that at all. True. Nothing. Gary with the undefeated. Gary, we know. We know. 
you don't know, Gary has this 40, 49ers Fogies has this 49ers team going 17-0 this season. He does. I like it. I like the confidence. I like the bravado. I just like the sheer love of 49ers and the willingness to just put it all out there. Well, and I hope Gary's right. I mean, I think every I, I would hope every 49ers fan wants Gary to be right also. Yeah. The crowd goes wild, it does go wild. I think they're talking baseball. They are, they're talking giants. Yeah. How dare you, chat? How dare you? All this glorious <laughs> content is going on. Look, it's fine. I'm really excited to see what what's coming. Um, I just I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get to training camp. Megan, what's Jimmy's passing yards gonna be? 2019 numbers are are in the, in the books. If Jimmy stays healthy all season long with all the weapons staying healthy, 4,000 yards, low 4,000s, 42, 40, probably 43 at the max, I think it's a good number for him. If he plays all 17 games, he will throw for over 4,200 yards this year. I like it. I, I, I don't even think that's an issue. I also think he'll throw for over 30 touchdowns. 17-game um, season means increased stats. That would be a similar trajectory from what 2019 was. Just over, just over a game and a uh, touchdown and a half a game. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, would Harbaugh still be our coach if not for Bulky? Yes, maybe. Poss- possibly. It depends on it depends on if the relationship with, with York was as bad as it was because of Bulky or if it was b- as bad as it was regardless of Bulky. I think it yeah. was probably more because of Bulky, so then yes. I think there was the tension there because Bulky caused tension with uh, him and Harbaugh were so at you know at odds. So York was chose to choose sides, and he chose the wrong side. But Bulky never built that roster to be successful with Harbaugh. That successful Harbaugh took over that roster that was already built and did well with it. After that, Bulky kind of let it fall apart. Um, Scott McLuhan built most of that roster, not Trent Bulky. Scott McLuhan built it until 2010. So um, McLuhan should get a lot of the you know, props for that team and, and not so much bulky, but bulky does. The one thing bulky did and left a legacy of was number one, AJ Jenkins. And then number two, um, for drafting injured players. Yeah. I mean, that's what drafting he did. injured players and taking guys who were first round talents and taking them like literally around later than when they were projected to go thinking that was good value. When in all honesty, great value, great. It was good value, but great value would have been waiting two more rounds and taking him then when they probably would have went anyway. True. True story. It's not, it's so, not, it's not inaccurate. Um, yeah, I actually went to Harbaugh's last game there. Um, and you could feel the energy. I'm glad they won. You know, Frank had a great run in that game and it was a good game, but, uh, I think, I think things could have been different with a different general manager. I'm not sure who Harbaugh wanted over Jenkins. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, I believe he wanted Cody Fleener. I believe, mm. um, is the actual guy he wanted. Now, he didn't pan out in the NFL, but we also don't know what would happen if he would have fit into that offense. Also true. Um, but he, they never let Harbaugh get the guys he wanted. They always drafted other guys. Which um, is kind of odd. Yeah. So I'll be honest, in that draft, I think it was that draft. I'm not 100%. I, I wanted uh, Devontae Adams. You did. I wanted him in the first round with that pick. Imagine if we'd have got Devontae Adams. Uh, it could have been a, a little bit of a different world. Um, but he was right down the street there in Fresno State. I mean, it wasn't that far away. So, um, yeah, so I, w- I was down with that. But was, I was in the minority. I mean, ended up being right yet again. What a surprise. Well, I was right about Chase Claypool, too. You were right about a lot of <laughs> You've been right about a lot of things. Uh, not you know all what? of them. Not all of them. Not all of them, but a lot of things. Yeah. And, and Ant says it constantly. Is The content here we feel like is great. And you know what? 
he's not wrong about that either. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you've hit that notification bell. That way you're notified for all of our videos daily, daily at 11 a.m. Our surprise videos that come out occasionally at 2 p.m. Um, and Gary had asked earlier about a special horse to guess. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be back on Saturday. Who knows? Yeah. Could he be on an episode tomorrow? Yes, he could. Very well could be. But the only way for you to know is to be subscribed and be here on the channel. Yeah. When everything goes live, be here for the live streams at 5.30 p.m. And this is a great episode, yeah, my guy. This is a fantastic episode. Training camp is here. Practices are here. Football's back, baby. Yeah. And 100%, if you haven't subscribed and hit that notification bell, you need to because the things that me and, me and Alex have been working on and planning are going to be coming up here in the next month or so, there's going to be like at some point just news, 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 and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, make sure you're here for it. We really do appreciate everyone that comes in, chimes in, um, leaves great comments, asks great questions. Um, we couldn't do this without you. We appreciate you. Um, the perspective that you guys bring is huge uh, for this channel, and that's why we're putting in so much effort for this channel because we want it to grow, um, not just for us, but for you guys. I mean, that's really what we're trying to do is give a certain perspective on content, and we couldn't do it without everyone uh, that is a part of the Cutback Crew. No, we, we really, really can't. Um, you all make this so incredibly so incredibly special and just unique and different. Um, and and we, really, we really can't do this without any of you. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate everything that you guys have done for this channel and all the support you've given all of us, whether it's merch, getting the merch, whether it's the Super Chats, um, whether it's just subscribing, liking the video, commenting while you're here. Um, and in the future, we know you guys are going to jump on and be really excited about all of the channel memberships and other things we got coming out eventually that we'll get to. Um, so just stay tuned because there's going to be content galore for you. Tons of things that this channel is going to be bringing you. Uh, and always, always updating the podcast, especially for season two, our nice little intro and outro graphic. It is incredible. Uh, man, Ant, really looking forward to everything else Training Camp has to bring. But I think it's, uh, I think it might be time. It is that time. You know what time it is, guys. Let's chalk another one up. See y'all in the next one. See you tomorrow. 11 a.m., folks. 11 a.m.